Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Welcome everyone to the spotlight and shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. As always, I'm Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. Jensen, I'd ask you how you're doing, but to, to peel back the curtain here a little bit. The first thing you say to me in our little backstage, I don't want to call it a meeting, but in our, our, our greeting, I'm ready to piss some people off. Yeah, no, I was I was kind of kidding about that. I know that there's just a lot of people that Listen, I didn't even make the headline or the the title for this video, okay? Like someone you kinda else kind of did. You kind of did. <clears throat> kind of. So I yeah, okay, we'll put by the curtain a little bit more. So when me and Jeremy are coming up with our topics each week, we we send them back and forth to each other for all the all the categories and stuff. And <clears throat> what I had sent to Jeremy what for the WWE topic was um wasn't anything that crazy. I just said it was just LA Knight loses. It was not Rey Mysterio wins. Yeah. It was LA Knight loses. LA Knight loses US Championship Invitational is what I yeah. is what I messaged you. Yeah. The um which which honestly was the bigger topic though, to be fair. Because like that seems like what the discourse was for you know or the discord you know for everybody on uh on social media was just all talking about how LA Knight should have won and you know it should be him going for the US title and like he's getting wronged off of some wronged off SummerSlam and he might get this push after SummerSlam. We might as well just hit the bumper for the WWE Talkers. <laughs> We can do that. Let's yeah. just jump just right. Jump Let's in. jump right into jump it. In. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. I don't know yeah. if this story is going to finish for LA Knight, who keeps losing. I mean, we should throw up another graphic here, and it's that graphic. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Stephen Jensen. Um, 
I mean, what would you want me to say that hasn't already been said? That's kind of the tough thing about this kind of stuff is like people know how I feel about LA Knight. I think that, listen, I think if he was to go for like the US title, that's not it. That, that's fine. You know, like there, he's definitely over. There's, there's like a level that I think that he would work at right now in the WWE. And I think that like if you have him <clears throat> kind of in like the upper mid card, he could, he could possibly transcend into the main event scene without it being a problem for me. It's possible. As things stand right now, it just, I mean, like I've had people, I've had people like tweeting or Xing at me, whatever you call it now. And like strangers, you know, people that watch the show or watch my show with Doug or whatever, listen to the weekend or whatever it is. And this past, uh, this past Friday on SmackDown, I, you know, I wasn't watching SmackDown, but I had people messaging me going, so like honestly there was some people that hit me up and they were like oh no like i i see what you're seeing now like there's no substance to this my thing this is the headline right here jeremy la night has substance issues and this is, <laughs> and, and i don't talking, think i don't think we can do i don't and, think i can and, do that and, at a headline. And I'm, I'm obviously the, the joke being that which yes. we would we would not actually do that i would not i would not want to miss that I'm, I'm just making a joke obviously but um you know, the joke being that he doesn't have like substance abuse issues. He has substance issues. Like there's no substance to the things that he's saying. Um, Jeremy, take this, take the screen away. I'll, I'll, I think it's time for, um, I need to be able to see you for this. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> can you lean back a little bit so I can see what you're wearing? It's a Taylor Swift shirt. Perfect. Okay. You ready for promo time with LA Knight? Yeah. All right. So Yeah. I'm going to do LA night for everybody right here, right now. Okay. This is, this is every, this is every single time you see the man on television, music hits, people pop. All right. Comes, starts walking out of the ring, has a microphone in his hand. This is his big moment. This is his big chance to make an impression, to stay over with the crowd and to say something that means something. Jeremy, you're sitting there in your black shirt. Yeah. Sitting there in the black headphones. Yeah. Sitting there in your black Taylor Swift shirt. Yeah. But guess what, Jeremy? Today, you're an L.A. Knights ring. And that's the bottom line if you smell with everybody saying L.A. Knight, yeah. That's every promo. He just says what's right in front of him, his own name in the app. It's every single promo. Just, just, say, just say anything. Just say anything to me about who you actually are. I don't, I don't think he does if you smell. I don't think that's him. Yeah, right. <laughs> but dude, but I've been saying, like, listen, I get it though. He's different. He's different. Like the song, Jeremy. Remember that song? I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm no, different. I don't. What yeah, is... I'm, you don't remember that song? I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. People in the chat are gonna remember that one. That was from like a handful of years ago. It's a pretty big song. And he's different, dude. Like when the rock does the rock bottom, he does this before. When LA Knight does it, he does this. When Steve Austin did the stunner, he would kick you in the gut and then he'd, he'd, you know, put you up like this and then he'd drop down. LA Knight kicks you in the gut and he does this and then he he drops down, but just a little bit different. So, like, it is it is different. Um, he is doing this, like, jumping elbow thing now. Have you seen this? Yeah, and he sets it up just like the people's elbow. He, he stands <laughs> over them, or like, like, feet to shoulders, and then he does his little thing and then he goes off the rope and does an elbow, just like The Rock would. So, 
you know, that's just kind of where I'm at, man. Like this last promo was, uh, I, I'm, I, you know, th- that it was pretty much what I just did. Except he just went, you know, I'm pretty sure the whole promo was like, yeah, LA Knights here. Listen, everybody. Yeah. I get invited to every party I get invited to. And I want to go to SummerSlam. Go for the U.S. Championship. Yeah. With everybody saying L.A. Knight. Yeah. Like, that's the whole promo. It's just like, I get invited to every party I want to get invited to. That's that's the big... Dude, say something. You got you got the whole the whole WWE universe is eating on the palm of your hand, dude. They're, they're, they're marking out... Your music hits, they pop big. You say yeah, they all repeat it. Just, just, just include anything. Of is this isn't this the brilliance of LA Knight though? He doesn't have to say anything, and this man, Dummy. is that over? Cody Dummy. is cutting is cutting sermons out here talking about the debt relief program. And he wishes he could get a reaction like L.A. Knight. Are you kidding me? His... L- Cody is so much more actually over. There's This is like L.A. Knight's over in the same day that like Rusev Day was over. Like you have to have more substance than just this, what he's doing currently. Listen, what he's doing currently I think could work to get to like the U.S. Championship. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of maddening. And, and, the, and he's just not very good in the ring. It just is what it is. Now – I always need to make this really clear. I've been watching this guy for like 20 years. So this isn't like new to me. I, I, I've, I've already gone through decades of Eli Drake. Yeah. Dummy. Dummy. You know, like I, I know. And he hasn't brought up the dummy, the dummy alarm or whatever that thing, the dummy button yet, but like he probably will. And people will mark out for it. Yeah, um, as they should. But that, that's just you know that's just where i'm at once again it seems like more people are agreeing with me lately which i think is pretty funny because they're like dude oh my god i'm starting to listen to these promos and like he's not saying anything it's like yeah but once again it's it's fixable to me listen he he has a great head start right but how many times have we seen this happen in the wwe this happens all the time where the fans get behind somebody big time and then like it just fizzles out Think about where Sami Zayn was at like six months ago versus right now. And Sami Zayn, I would argue, is a in a completely different stratosphere as a performer than LA Knight is. And he couldn't keep that momentum. You know, like I can't, I have, I, you know, I just, I the WWE fan base is very oh, fickle. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Mm-hmm. You're not, we're not using Sami Zayn here because Sami Zayn was in the, the top program with the bloodline. And then he had the peak of his story. The peak of his right. story, whether you want to call it the, the Roman match, which I don't think it was. Had he won, then, then yes. But True. the peak of his story was the tag team title match at WrestleMania. That was the peak. It was always going to... Momentum was going to tail from there. They did him no favors the night after WrestleMania where they did the weird thing with the Street Profits that whatever happened there, happened there. They've done nothing to keep up the momentum of Sami Zayn. That is Sami Zayn's. Oh, I'm not blaming Sami Zayn at all. I've I like Sami Zayn is a really great performer. He really like, overall he's one of the best performers that WWE has. My point is like they will eventually get tired of or like, th- this is the crossroads. No no, t- no pun intended. The, the crossroads is LA Knight has to either 
being more than just the guy who says who just blurts these catchphrases and had has mediocre matches because if that's what continues to happen like they they're, they're going to sour on him they're going to find another person to get behind or the WWE is just going to like squash him like when when W when when Zach this is probably the best example is probably Zach Ryder honestly because Zach Ryder got super over in the WWE a very talented guy in my opinion in all honesty, a guy who had substance, a goofy gimmick. I wasn't big on like the 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 Jersey Shore type gimmick, but it worked for him and for the time that he was doing it. Um, and he, I, I've always thought that Zack Ryder was really good, like very very solid in the ring, like could have really good matches. Lifelong wrestling fan, it translates in his work. And it is one of those things where like even Zack Ryder, eventually they were just like, all right, we're just gonna push this dude off of, off off the stage in a wheelchair and just be done with this. Like this is this isn't. And in and my other thing, just really quick, is that everyone's really upset that LA Knight isn't going to get this shot if, for the U.S. Championship at SummerSlam or whatever. And my thing is, do y'all think it's possible that just, like, Santos Escobar is, is like, a star? You know, like, why would there, I would have, why does anyone have a problem with Santos Escobar being in this spot? Like, that guy no actually is great. So, I don't think, I don't think people have a problem with Santos Escobar. But isn't this a WWE problem that, hey, here's this guy who is super over. Here's this claim. We listen to our audience. We we are week-to-week programming and scripting. We get immediate feedback from our audience on what they want to see. They want to see this guy. Mm-hmm. You can you can call him simple. You can call him basic. You can say yes, substance issues. You, whatever you want to say. Right. doesn't matter. He connects with this audience, right? And I know you're mm-hmm. saying that a lot of people are coming around to you. I, I said it the other week on the show. I was like, yeah, some of these promos, I, I get what you're saying, Jensen. I do. Sure. Majority of the, the viewing audience, majority of the live audience still reacts huge to this man. Isn't this a WWE issue that they have this man in front of them and like, nope, we're just going to do something else. We're going to just try. We're going to not give you this guy that you love instead where, and yeah, I don't think it's an issue with Santos Escobar, but it will become a Santos Escobar issue when the audience resents him because they want this person and they're getting this person, which is, those are all, that's all like, I, I agree with everything you just said, you know, I, it's a tough spot to be in. Now I'll start off all the response to all that by, by quoting, you know, my hero, big sexy Kevin Nash. And, um, you know, just, just reiterate and remind everybody that's watching this, you know, you think you matter, but you don't. So we just got to keep that, you know, we're, we're, I'm, 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 I'm holding, I'm, I'm holding down LA night, just like you're sitting at home getting them pushed. You know what I mean? So. Yes. Can you tell it to the entire audience? You think you matter, but you don't. After years of being told you matter, you're the most important thing in our business. Do you actually think that? Hold on a second, Jeremy. How many? This isn't like a new thing. Like, do, like WWE, no, but this all, is the this problem. Is, no, I agree. But why would they change it now? Like, listen. They, then there's another line of thinking which I don't necessarily agree with. I listen. In full transparency, I think it's smart for the WWE just to go with whatever's hot. Like at least, at least like. At least try, okay? So whether or not I'm a fan of, of LA Knight is honestly irrelevant. He's over. They should be at least putting him in the U.S. title match. He should be at least on the pay-per-view. Like, they need to try to capitalize on us and see where it goes. I'll agree with that. But I also think that the way the WWE thinks, 
is they're like, okay, we have this guy who's over who we weren't expecting to have over, but he is. That's kind of a bonus for us. But like we, okay, he's kind of over. We could do something with him. But like, we actually want to get over Escobar. We actually want to get over this person or that person. Like they have actual plans that they actually want to use for other people. And there's just a bonus that there's this other guy who happens to be super over right now that they can do stuff with. But I don't, I don't know if it, the other thing about this too, once again, I need to like make it super clear to me, this is really, really old because I've seen it for so long to the WWE audience. This is new and this is fresh. He's like 40 years old. This isn't the LA Knight's not some like young, like face of the company. And granted, I sound like a hypocrite right now because Cody isn't either. Cody is almost 40 as well. Like there's, I think there's a big difference in levels there personally, but that's just my own personal opinion. Like, so I would say there's a lot of things working against LA Knight, but to his credit, and here's the thing about him, honestly, if he ever hears anything I'm saying about him, if he ever hears anything anyone else is saying about punches him, punches you in the face if he does. Listen, and he has, I mean, he doesn't have the right to do that. I shouldn't say that. I hope, <laughs> I hope no one would, I know no one would actually fight me over my wrestling opinions ever. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, because part of me is also, I'm trying to obviously ride a line of being entertaining here on the show too. Cause I know people like hearing me address my enemies and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I just, you know, I, in all honesty, if he hears people like me saying these things or like, he honestly should just ignore it. Like really just ignore it and just keep doing your thing. Whatever you're doing is working to some degree. It definitely is. It's undeniable that even, like I said, when my brother was watching the um, money, in the bank show with me, he'd never seen LA night before. And during the match, he was like, he wasn't like super blown away by the promo or the in-ring work or anything like that. But he kept turning to me going, the crowd loves this guy. Like, this is, this is pretty nuts. Like every time he, every time he gets near the ladder, they're, they're, they erupt, you know? And I couldn't deny that. I was like, yeah, man, like that's, that is what it is. I mean, he, he is over, but I, but I just, how many people have we seen in our 30 years of me and you watching professional wrestling that people get over for a very short amount of time. They don't have enough. It's, it's like, dude, this is a, this is a good example. It's like a SoundCloud rapper. Okay. You might get, you might get super, super famous off of like a few really, really catchy songs, but those people's careers fizzle out so fast because they have no substance. They have, they have a beat and a couple catchy songs, but then when it comes down to like a long lasting actual library of music over years, they can't do it. And they, they, they have massive fall offs over and over and over again. And I feel like that's kind of similar here. We're like, I'm not saying this is going to happen to LA night, by the way, I'm just saying, He's at a he's at a spot right now where he's he's right now he is a little pump. You know what I mean? Like in 2017 or whatever. Okay. Like like he he can either become Drake or he can become Lil Xan. You know what I'm saying? So like But that's not actually his choice, though. It's not his choice. WWE is the one who chooses of how much marketing they're gonna put behind the record guy. labels, though, to be fair. Yeah, some record labels, sure, but because he's talking about record gets signed and then it becomes a thing. But but yeah, I know I, 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 I but I do understand what you're saying too. There, I, but every single person who's ever worked for the WWE is at the mercy of the opinion of Vince McMahon. That's why it's so cool to me that Cody has changed his opinion of him because that's so difficult to do. Um, others have too, like Drew McIntyre did it. Like left came back a totally different guy, and they were like, "Damn, this guy can be our champion now." I didn't didn't see it before, but I see it now. You know, like. I obviously he was called the chosen one, but then he had descended down to, you know, three MB and then back up to where, you know, he is now. So 
but that's but to be fair, Jeremy, like that's every single person, like every person who's ever worked with the WWE is in a position where like Vince has to like you and have to want to push you, whether you agree with his. And that's the other thing too, by the way. I know it's not like the best look for me to be agreeing with Vincent Mann so often. Like I, I get that too. I, it is weird to me too, a guy who I don't have a whole lot in common with at this stage of the game. But there are certain people I agree with them on. Like I agree with them on Bray Wyatt. I, I don't know what his real opinion of Bray Wyatt is, but I think I agree with them on Bray Wyatt um, and LA Knight. And unfortunately, the two of them were the two parts of the worst match I've ever seen. So like, and that, that's you know, so that's that's a whole other conversation in itself. But but once again, Ben Vince has to Vince has to be on board. And what it sounds like, what everyone's saying, what everybody's saying, is that apparently he's going to get this big push after SummerSlam. My thing is. Why wait till SummerSlam? You might as well just do it. If you're going to do it, do it. Like capitalize so he doesn't get cold and then it becomes a problem. Um, but maybe they are waiting until after SummerSlam for something substantial. Um, as long as it doesn't involve him anywhere near Roman Reigns or, or stepping on Cody's toes for that title, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. See, I don't even know. I don't know how much people want out of LA Knight. Me personally, give him the US title. Austin Theory ain't doing nothing with that title. This Austin Theory reign has been a complete bust they tried to give that man john cena john cena ripped him to shreds he beat cena i understand he cheated but did nothing with the momentum of of beating john cena everything john cena said about austin theory prior to that promo turned out to be correct because austin theory still had to show up and still had to win the fans and he didn't do any of it so austin theory's reign's been a complete bust and when you do stuff like this and by by that i mean you have a hot act like LA Knight. You you said it yourself. Your brother, he doesn't he didn't watch it fully every week and stuff, but he sees the crowd reactions. Like, oh, sure. what's this guy's deal? And this is what happens. The crowd feeds off the crowd, right? It's like, oh, this guy's I maybe I don't get it, but you know what? Everyone else seems to get it. And it is a very much like, hey, let me try to fit in, let me react for this guy. There's something here with him. So the crowd continues to pop, continues to pop, and then it builds and builds and builds and builds. And then if you do nothing with that, all you do is piss off your fan base. All you do is like, I invested in this guy, and what did I get out of this? Absolutely nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with a U.S. title reign. Let him go out there. Let him do his promos. Let him do the reign. And look, if it doesn't work, okay. If fans start to see, like, ah, maybe this isn't what we we know fans are fickle. But if fans start to come around to how you are of, nah, you know what? The substance really isn't there. Let's get behind this guy. We got LA Knight his moment. Now let's get behind that. That's fine. That's how the business goes. But if you don't actually do anything with what's in front of you and with the reactions you're getting right now, all you do is you upset those people and then they don't come back. At least if you give them this and then they realize, ah, maybe we don't want this, then fine. But at least you gave it to them in that moment. It's like, hey, I want this steak. I want this steak. I want this steak. Yeah, here's this hamburger. Take this hamburger and be happy with it. Just give me the steak. If I eat the steak and I don't like the steak and then I want a hamburger, fine. Then give me the hamburger. At least I got my steak. Yeah. You know, I, I, com- I completely agree. I, I think I think this could be related to a lot of wrestlers, you know. But I think that right now in the situation LA Knight's in, I'd be fine with that. I agree with you about the Austin Theory stuff, by the way. Um, and Austin Theory is a guy who I, you know, I started watching him in evolve when he was probably like 19 i remember seeing like a documentary on him on like youtube or something like forever ago um i wish i could remember who did it there was a guy 
um, his, na- his name is escaping me. There was a guy who at one point was doing really good indie documentaries. This this one, though, may have been on Vice, actually, or like something like that. Anyway, I can't remember. I remember seeing it something on Austin Theory years ago that like had like it, it was like a it was like a peek into his life. He was still only like 19, 20 at the time. And my whole point with that is like the guy's always been very talented. I felt like he had a very big uh, I, I still feel like he could have a big uh, run in the WWE long term. But you're right. Like it isn't whatever is going on right now just currently isn't really working. And you have, I'll say this, I'll like, I'll, I'll, I'll make a lot of people happy probably by saying this and you as well. They like, if it came down to it, they probably should put the U S title on LA Knight instead of, instead of Austin theory and just try it. But you know, that's a far, that's a, that's a big difference than like, let's push this guy. He should be the guy to be at Roman. Let's push this guy. He should be the face of this whole thing. No, um, I'm not going that far. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I know you aren't, but I see a lot of people. It seems to be, but, but it isn't once again, this isn't just him. And I, and a big part of it, man, we, I just lived through it so many times with so many people that to get these quick pushes in the WWE and then it just fizzles out. Remember when Fandango was real over for like a really short amount of time. And like, is there's a number one seller on iTunes for his song and all this yeah. stuff. He beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. And then it was like within like a few months, he went on the show. And once again, this is this is not his fault, but I'm just saying like Vince has to be behind it. And I don't know how behind it he is with LA Knight. I don't know. I feel I feel like if he was behind it, he'd already have been pushed. Like he wouldn't be losing qualifying matches and he wouldn't be, you know, he'd be on the show every week. He wouldn't be doing like dark segments to get the crowd hyped like before the show. Like he'd be made of ending the show, like on television. Um but once again, maybe that's coming after SummerSlam. I, I, there's no way of knowing. Um, I guess the assumption is that Austin Theory will retain the title, and then they'll do LA Knight and Austin Theory, maybe. But I feel like there's a really good chance Santos Escobar could win that title because they're doing that whole thing with him and Ray, like mentoring him and everything. Um, which, once again, I like that personally. I like Santos Escobar. I like the LWO. I like Ray Mysterio and everything they got going on with that. I think that's a good act, and I, I think they're a big key to it. Is I think they're all really good in the ring that are involved in that. Um, I don't think Austin Theory is like necessarily the best, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if, if, I think Santos Escobar of all the people we're mentioning is outside of Rey Mysterio, who's, I mean, if you call yourself a pro wrestling fan and you don't like Rey Mysterio, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it just kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I, I want to make it clear. Cause there's a lot of people who like legitimately despise me right now because of my takes on LA night. You know, I just want y'all to know, like, it's all just it's all just opinion, obviously, but I I understand where y'all are coming from to a degree, and I think y'all understand where I'm coming to coming through to a degree as well. Where we don't see eye to eye is like I'm totally cool with them just kind of like not pushing him because I've been watching him for 20 years. I've been watching the same shtick for so long, and it's just it's just not entertaining to me personally. But if you want to see him get this big push and he gets it and it works, I'm not gonna. Trust me, nobody enjoys 180 flip flopping than me. Trust me, the the redemption arc I could have on this show if LA Knight wins me over and I become a fan of his, which is very possible, very possible, dude. I went from Brett Favre was the most hated athlete of my lifetime until I became a Minnesota Viking, and now I love that man. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can flip flop. Well, sorry, as a football player, there, there's, there's, there's. <laughs> There's newer stuff that isn't as great about uh, as a football player on the field. Okay. Sorry. That might not be the best. 
but y'all know the comparison. The, the point is, he was the quarterback forever for my rival team. Hated the man. Became my quarterback. Played really well for a season. I was like, I forgot all about all the hate, you know. So, um, I'm just saying, LA Knight. LA Knight can he can win me over. It's just a uphill battle for me. I've been watching you for two decades, dude, doing the same thing. Like you got to change it up at least a little bit for me to care. But the fans are reacting, and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters in the WWE universe. But Vince well, has to be behind matter. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Vince has to be behind you. Yeah. What if I'm gonna throw this scenario at you, Jensen? What if LA Knight is basically and look, this kind of happened to Cody. Fans were behind Cody. Everyone wants to see Cody win. They want Cody in this position, and Cody loses. This is basically what LA Knight fans are experiencing on a lower level. He's not losing yeah. in the main event of WrestleMania. Don't you like have a little bit of sympathy or a little bit of understanding with, we want this guy to win. We want this guy to win. They don't even want him. I mean, some do want him at the world title picture and everything. I just want him as a U.S. champion. That's it. It's like, you're not even going to make him the U.S. champion. It is very similar. The fans are behind this person. And instead of, you know what? Let's go with the fans want. Nah, let's actually push the guy we want to push type of thing. It's a very similar situation. And I would, there are similarities there. Um, now, my question to you and, the, and to anybody, to everybody saying, um, I would say, this would be my question back. Why do you like LA Knight? Like, give me like some reasons. Like, why, like, why do you want to see him push so badly? Like, what about LA Knight makes you want to see him push so badly? He's he's connecting. I mean, clearly he's something. Something is striking with the audience. Whether it's his look, whether it's his cadence, whether it's his catchphrase, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can't put your finger me. on it. No, I'm, no, I'm just curious. Why, but like he has it. It is that genese qua it factor. Oh, I see. Okay. So the reason I asked that, by the way, is just because like I don't think. Listen, if, 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 if you're, if you're going to boil down to the it factor, I can't argue that because not everybody has that. And if you feel like they've got it, they've got, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of really good performers that like are really good in the ring or good on the microphone or really, really well-rounded, but they don't have that it factor that no one can really pinpoint exactly what that is. But I know what you mean. Like, I, I know I know what you're talking about. The reason I asked that is because I think most fans would have would be kind of stumped by that question. And they'd be like, kind of like you were for a second because you couldn't really put your finger on it. You're like, he's, he's, make, he's connecting. And that's what I like about it. He's connecting. He's getting a big reaction. But why? So my thing is like, it's just, you know, it's just a really low hanging fruit, I think. I don't know if it's necessarily his look. I don't think it's necessarily his in-ring work. I think that it's really easy for the audience to blurt out his catchphrases. And when his music hits, it feels like a party, right? Like it's like his music hits and everybody can like stand up and be like, oh, we're all in on this together. Like that's that's kind of how it feels. It's like the opposite of Cody and AEW. Cody's music would hit an AEW and everyone would stand up and cheer and then look at each other and start booing. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, Cody. Oh, no, no. We're supposed to be, yeah, boo. Yeah, it's fun to boo this guy. Boo. You know, so like LA Knight comes out. Everyone looks around and goes, why is everyone going crazy? Like non-fans are going, why is everyone going crazy? I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, we're, this, this, what's up with this guy, you know? And it's kind of it's kind of uh, cont- contagious and infectious, which is good. Um, but my thing is like, you take away the yeah, you take away the la night like the, the like the catchphrases you're kind of just left with you know not you know just nothing promos 
and not good ring. I shouldn't say not good ring work, just not anything that stands out to me in any way, shape, or form. Very average ring work. And that's that's just kind of that makes sense. You know, I, that's kind of why I was asking is like, what about LA Knight is 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 attracting somebody to him so much? All, all these fans to him so much. And I think to I think you answer the question though. I think it's just it's just a factor. I don't think it's I don't it is the it is the low-hanging fruit catchphrases because it's easy to do, just like what for Steve Austin was. I get it. You know, just there's yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I get it. There, there have been very simple catchphrases in wrestling in, in, in history, but I think you nailed it on the head, dude. And I can't even argue that. If you feel like he's got it and like you just see the dude and you just like being a part of everybody going crazy. I can't argue that, you know, that's, that's fine. Uh, T5 to great says LA night clowns folks and is entertaining. What else do you wait, want until they put him into a feud? You want him to read 15 minutes of Shakespeare. People do like, like you, you mentioned, uh, you cut this promo on me in my black Taylor Swift t-shirt. Does LA night say the harshest, most cutting things when he clowns people on the mic? No. But he does just like clown people that people don't like. People are like, yeah, like he's going after this guy that I don't like. Even if it's very simple, um, very simple insults, people still just love that about him. Yeah, which I think maybe I don't know. I'm like trying to I'm trying to figure out why. You know, like once again, like we're talking. You need a soliloquy he- from Cody that he stood up or that he stayed up all night writing. <laughs> Uh, while he helped his daughter with homework. And listen, T, yeah, fair. But T, T5 to great. Uh, now, obviously, I don't want to be on to read 15 minutes of Shakespeare. Um, but I get, I get, I get. I get Did you imagine point. to be? Yeah. Oh, or not to be? Yeah. Oh, That's the question. Me. Dummy. Oh, my God. Um, but my thing is like, listen, I, I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair comment, though, to it. You know, mainly, you know, I, you know, they have to put him in an actual, well, here's the thing. He wasn't a feud. The feud that I remember was him versus Bray Wyatt. That feud sucked. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll put him in a feud that isn't so goofy soon. That'd be, that'd probably be good for him. And when people, when, when people say he's out there, you know, roasting people or whatever, it's just like you said, Jeremy, it's very, I guess if you're like a little kid or like you just love the WWE as an adult, which is fine. Um, maybe you just like that is entertaining to you like because he's not he's not roasting anybody all he's just he's just pointing out the obvious like his roast of logan paul was literally him coming out and saying you are way more famous than all of us you have way more social media followers than all of us but you're standing in a wrestling ring i mean duh um and even i think logan's response to that was just kind of like yeah yeah like what's your point you know um i don't think he's roasting anybody. he takes his bottle of prime turn that son bitch sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass yeah um but uh you know just is what it is like i don't think he needs to go out there and read shakespeare i think uh it'd probably what's in a name yeah a rose by any other name would smell as sweet as l a night yeah there you go shakespeare easily are you kidding me this Dude. man would kill shakespeare this is even, what we need that's a great suggestion to be completely honest that <laughs> this sounds insane but he would probably be way better off reciting stuff that people already know and just blurting yeah throughout it 
That's actually not a bad idea. I know that's that sounds insane. That'd be that'd be that'd be way better than him saying nothing. If you went out and said stuff people already like were familiar with, and they could like say it along with him, with all the yas in between, that's actually not a bad idea. I don't like it, but I think it's like actually <laughs> kind of smart. I think it worked brilliantly. Maybe not specifically Shakespeare, but like any. Like, no, you know I think I mean? Shakespeare great for him. Yeah. I'm, you know, so my, my whole thing is the substance thing. The, the substance, the substance issues. <laughs> it's funny. Cause when I say that he's so, he's so swole. That, that's not, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is the, is the, just give me more than just your name. And yeah, like if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to be known as the guy who goes out there and roast people, go out there and roast people. Like, let me actually hear it. Um, and then I want to hear our response when people roast him back. That, that, that's, that's the part we haven't really gotten to yet is once some of these people start coming back at him and saying the stuff that I'm saying. And then like, how do you respond to that? Do you just blurt out your name and yeah again, or do you have an actual response? You know, and that so far we haven't seen anybody. I'd like to see him. You know, who I'm very high on right now is, is Grayson Waller. Sure. Because a lot of he there. will. Yeah. He did very well against Cena. He did well against edge He's hyping himself up against guy going against like the rock and Austin and undertaker on the mic and things like that. I think Grayson Waller is about infinity times better than, than what Austin theory is offering right now. I think Grayson Waller can come back with some really good insults. And then I would like to see how LA Knight does it when he's challenged like that, because yeah, LA Knight right now is kind of getting one way promos. And I would like to see what happens when he is a little bit challenged on, on that regard and see what kind of material he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, now I'm doing it. Um, I, I think that, uh, by the way, Grayson Waller, I remember him a little bit pre WWE cause he was, um, I think his name was like, it was something Wahlberg. He was like, he was like, he was like a Wahlberg brother. Cause he looks a lot like those guys. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it was, what was his name? It wasn't Grayson Wahlberg. It was like, anyway, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure his, it was something Wahlberg on the, on the Indies. Then I remember him coming in and I was covering him on 205 Live or uh, maybe it might have already been NXT level up. But it might have already switched over. But um, he, yeah, I, I agree about Grayson Waller. And he has that factor of like, he's um, is it Australia. Is that where he's from? Yeah. He's he's Australia. Australia. Yeah. He, um, I mean, so he's got like that, he's got like that kind of just different accent, different, a little bit different. He's a great, he's a really, you know, handsome guy. He's a great looking guy. Um, and he's still probably what, only like 20 or so, tw- early 20s. No, no, um, no. He's actually, he's older than, than you would think with Grayson really? Waller. He's 33. Yeah. He's 33. Well, that still isn't like, that still isn't too old. Um, you know, I'm 35. I'm we're judging people's ages. In <laughs> wrestling, it's obviously different, but like, um, 33 isn't too old though. He's fine at 33. Um, I thought he was in like his mid twenties, um, but he's, he's still he's still young. He's still young in the realm of wrestling. But before wrestling, yeah. he did like reality television and things like that. So he's he's and, been around for a little while. And to be fair, I honestly think that most wrestlers, like if you stay in it long enough and you're at like a certain level, I think most wrestlers are are at their best at around like thirty five. As crazy as that is, like if you're yeah. you know, um, so like Grayson Waller, I think still hasn't even hit his his you know, prime yet at 33, which, um, my boy, but I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with you about Grayson Waller. I, I, I like him. I, I would have no problem with them really strongly pushing him. Cause I think there's a ton of potential there. 
um, a ton of marketability. Um, and, and he's good in the ring. I like, I like what I've seen out of him in his matches. You think he's very athletic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, and maybe that's kind of the new wave, right? Maybe theory loses the title and you got to set it to challengers of guys like, you know, Grayson Waller and Eli Knight and Santos Escobar and, you know, kind of a new crop of people going for, which is what should, how it should be. Honestly. I mean, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, my WWE spotlight Jensen is your guy Cody Rhodes it's official Cody and Brock three it was actually like official last week but people thought we were going to get a stipulation for this match and as of now we don't have a stipulation for this match do do they ride this out without a stipulation you're the Cody guy here can they can they go without a stipulation for the third in the the final the rubber match here well, they definitely can because they're both fantastic. Like, I mean, Cody Rhodes is, you know, just the purest of pure when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, as a matter of fact, oh, I, I'll tell you off air. I know, okay. I know, I know of, I know of Gu- our boy Gunner just made another purchase. And I think he's going to probably reveal it today whenever it arrives. I know for a couple of weeks, um, he made an incredible purchase um, that I don't want to spoil for, for people that follow the collection, but He's the man. So jealous. Um, but uh, but for, listen, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar, they can go out there and they can wrestle each other a thousand times probably. I think it'd be good. But I know Brock's not always everyone's cup of tea, but for what he brings to the table, especially in feud, Huh? You're a hater if you don't like Brock Lesnar. Well, I understand, though, that like there's some people that don't like that he goes out there and just like, like spams, like, you know, signature and finishing moves and... Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I get he kind of phones it into a degree sometimes, stuff like that. Or, like, he really only tries against people he really respects. And that's the good thing about Cody. He clearly respects the guy. He went out there and he lost to him the first time, got pinned by him by in a wrestling move. Um, and then, you know, beat him the second time. And I'd imagine, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine uh, Brock has at least some level of respect for Dusty. And that's always going to help Cody in a lot of situations. Even people who might not even be the biggest Cody Rhodes fans are going to have a ton of respect for Dusty, you know, and that's always going to be hand in hand to some degree. Um, and I'm not saying that's like, and, and by the way, that worked against Cody for a really, really long time. It's not like this was always some giant advantage for most of Cody's career with the WWE being related to Dusty was like, well, probably what was keeping him not pushed because they liked messing with that family. Um, but at this stage of the game and with who's kind of in charge of the company, well, actually, you know, Vince is really in charge, but you know, with Triple H, you know, more in charge and, um, and some of the other people that are around Triple H are a lot of Dusty's people. And, um, you know, I think that helps Cody. And I think Brock's probably one of those guys too, to a degree. Um, now that said, I think both guys have a lot of respect for one another. I remember back in high school when we'd be in like the wrestling and we call it the annex, uh, where we do the, like our practices and stuff. And, um, I remember like, cause Brock was on TV then in 2000, I was in high, I was in high school from 2002 to 2006 and Brock was in on at 2002. And I remember Cody, cause we, a lot of us watched wrestling on the wrestling team. I remember Cody then like talking about like watching Brock on TV. Like, I mean, it's just crazy that 20 years later, he's wrestling the guy three times and he's about to be, you know, this massive match in SummerSlam against the dude. It's just, it's awesome. Um, that said, as far as the stipulation, I don't think it necessarily needs it because I think both guys can deliver no matter what the circumstances, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised there isn't one. And I almost expect them to add one because they have what just this Monday, just this raw. And then yeah. 
Um, so, um, I would say, cause I think the rumors were like bull rope match or, you yeah. know, something like that, which I'd be totally fine with. I, my initial idea months ago, and I don't think this is what they're going to go, because, but I, I would, I would want them to do the fight pit because Cody keeps talking about wanting to fight Brock Lesnar. Like he's not talking about wrestling That's, him. Rhonda and Shayna got the fight pit. Or are they doing that? I didn't even know that. I mean, they're Rhonda. Shayna said on Raw, like, we're going to fight. And Rhonda was like, I'm not a fight. I'm the fight. They said fight a lot and they agreed to a fight. So basically, people are saying they're, they're, they're heavily implying this is not official. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. There's heavy implication that they're doing Fight Pit between Rhonda and Shayna. Yeah, um, I could. I mean, I could. I didn't know that. I, I know that the two of them were feuding, but I didn't realize that that's where that might be heading. Um, which is smart, obviously. I mean, if you're gonna do it, I mean, both of them are fight pit. Famous. I know. I know you're high on on fight pit for Cody and Brock. Never made sense for for me. Like, why? Why are they gonna do? Why is Cody doing? I know he wants to because like, he keeps fight. telling them. Well, that's that's the whole thing is because he keeps using the word fight and... instead of wrestle. It's just like fight, fight, fight. And I think that there's like there would be something cool about the idea, in my opinion. Now, there's a lot of people that just wouldn't believe it. Like, it'd be too unbelievable. And I I, I understand that. What about uh, a boxing I, match? We got, yeah. we got Cody and Brock the same night as Jake and, and Nate Diaz. Ooh, I kind of like that. Um, but uh, but, but the, the reason would be, like, you know, obviously Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight champion, Cody goes in there and beats him in a fight. It just, it just, it just makes Cody, it, it puts Cody on like a different kind of level in a certain way where it's like, Cody just beat Brock Lesnar in the fight pit. Like who's going to beat Cody now? Like th- what better way to be like, I'm ready for Roman Reigns. And I just beat Brock Lesnar in a UFC style fight. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I also completely understand not everybody's as familiar with like Cody Rhodes, you know, amateur wrestling background as I am. I'm not, I do not take lightly what Brock Lesnar did in the UFC. 
I think when Brock Lesnar did in the UFC is absolutely incredible. It's probably a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think we'll ever probably see anyone in our lifetime that's like a, a established WWE superstar champion there, face of the company there, and then go into MMA and become the heavyweight, the actual legitimate heavyweight champion in the UFC. Like that's that's so. I mean, even I mean, I'm, I can get on punk and all that stuff, right? But like the, but like I know that's why you're laughing. But I mean, even someone like Lashley, like Lashley was really good at MMA. He's really yeah. good, but he wasn't UFC heavyweight champion level. But he was, but he could, he may could have been if he stuck with it and he fought the right people and he was in the UFC and not Bellator. I get all that, but like Brock actually beat Randy Couture for the title. Brock actually beat Shane Carwin to retain the title. Like Brock Lesnar actually got in there and got kicked in the diverticulitis by Alistair Overeem. You know what I mean? He went in there and fought Cain Velasquez at Cain's prime. Like that's a Brock Lesnar is a badass dude. You got to give that dude respect, whether you like him as a wrestler or not, or you think he's, you know, too, too hot and cold. He comes in and out too much of the company and he holds people down. He has quick matches or whatever. You gotta risk that. That's why. That's a big reason why Vince gives him everything. Is like Vince sees what I'm talking about right now. It's like what a once in a lifetime human. You becoming so, a Vince McMahon visionary ain't good for your brand, Steven Jensen. Well, I'm not necessarily a Vince McMahon visionary. I'm just realistic and knowing that he's the one calling the shots. He always has been, and until and he's going to continue to be. They just sold the con. Like he he technically the way that this is all set up now with the sale he's more in charge now than he ever was before, you know? So like, that's why I keep saying if, if he was out of the picture, we were talking about triple H actually being in charge of the show. I would say a lot of different stuff, but I'm, I just got to, I'm not going to live in a fantasy world that like Vince isn't the final say you can see all this, anything you see on the show. It's very clear that Vince McMahon is, is booking everything again, or at least the final say on everything. So, um, so anyway, that's that's where I'm at with all that. I think what would probably make the most sense, though, given Cody, the only thing I don't like about the bull rope match, the only thing is the built-in excuse potentially that that's kind of like Cody's or Dusty's match. Like he has an advantage in that to some degree, I feel like, going into it. That could almost be used as an excuse. It almost isn't a level playing field. Um, because, my, because my assumption is Cody's going to win. I, I could be wrong, obviously, about that. I was very wrong at WrestleMania. But... I think that my, my thing is I'm going into it assuming that Cody's winning. So I wanted to see him with a bunch of adversity being, you know, a fight pit. People like people aren't expecting to be Brock Lesnar in a UFC style fight. But he actually does. If he goes into a bull rope match, I think people are looking at that being like, yeah, that's like, that's his match. I think, I think he's got this, you know, it's a, I think there's a little less doubt that he's going to win. So maybe that's why they are making it, or I, we don't know. They may change it by, by the, the actual match, but if things stay the same as is right now, and it's just a one-on-one match again, that, that isn't a bad idea from the sense of like, it seems like a level playing field. And you really, on paper, you're like, you really don't know who would win because there's really no advantage to either guy. I think fight pits out of the question, especially with Ronda and Shayna. Uh, no, after you saying that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, yeah. I, they're not going to do two of those on the SummerSlam, sure. I think if you were going to do bull rope or a strap match, anything like that, probably better to go ahead and set that up more than a week out um yeah i would have preferred that at least this week which you know the promo did not lend itself to do it this week i I would set something like that more than a week out so maybe they still go that direction but i I think that's a missed opportunity for not doing it um at least this past week and doing it the week of 
anything else, I mean, no DQ, but the main event's going to be no DQ between Roman and Jay. So uh, Louis saying like street fight, we already got like basically a no DQ street fight type match in the main event. We don't need two of those on the show. So I think at this point, it's probably not going to have a stipulation. I think it probably should have had a stipulation though, given the, the attacks and, and the overall rivalry and Cody wanting to settle things and the way he wants to settle them. I think it probably should have had a stipulation. Mainly because Cody probably needs to bleed. I think this is a match where Cody actually needs to get some blood. I know Brock, Brock bled uh, in the Backlash match, I believe. Um, and like that that was good. I'm all for color in these matches. I think when you, when you have kind of these blood-type feuds, it's okay to have blood in these matches. And that's a Cody thing anyway. The man just likes to bleed a lot um oh yeah i i probably would have done some type of stipulation but i'd also just i i see the argument for a normal match and brock just beating him up and making him bleed with his bare hands type of thing randy orton well. style with the yeah i don't know if they want to revisit that oh no I'm, i i hope they don't either that was terrifying <laughs> That's a that's a visual that like I know people were very upset and Chris Jericho when was literally trying to fight Brock Lesnar. Dude, big balls on Jericho for getting in his face about that too. Like I know that it was all worked and he didn't know that ahead of time, but like that's you got to give Chris Jericho credit for like standing up to him like that, thinking he was that, you know, doing the right thing. That's a visual and just like a scene that is like embedded in my mind of Brock yeah. like cutting open Randy in that way. Um and Andy leaves a super chat says, Steven hasn't our boy been wrestling's best promo in 2023 uh, delivery is perfect and, and more range than anyone. PS bad feeling. Why it cost him at SummerSlam. Ooh, we're talking about Cody. Oh, I thought he was talking about LA night for a second. Okay. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Co- yes. He said our boy. I mean, I guess it could be sarcastic. Uh, yeah. I couldn't tell. Th- th- thank you. Thank you. I, I, I agree that that's a thing for the super chat. Um, and thank you for contributing to the show that that's, um, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think he's cutting great promos. I, I, I yeah, I, I really enjoy Cody's promos. And um, sorry, I got to see the rest of that um, rest of the chat here about, about Bray Wyatt, dude. I'm so. This has been a theory. I don't yeah, know I how know. like much you've been paying attention. And uh, who who else said it? Dialogue for film says I don't know how to feel about it, but I get a feeling Bray Wyatt will return after this match and target Cody. This has been a theory among the online fan base that. Cody will win, beat Brock and everything. And then the lights go out. And then whether it is the Uncle Howdy, just whatever personality Bray Wyatt is going to show up with, the fiend, the the true American nightmare, the international nightmare, Bray Wyatt, whatever he wants to call himself, it's going to be Bray. And he's going to go after Cody. And Cody's got to do his great gimmick selling and then whatnot that he has to do i really hope that doesn't happen but trust me listen i'm i'm a cody historian i remember i remember who husky harris's nxt pro was it was the one and only cody Rhodes. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of history there that they can they can harken back to uncle howdy and bray can do a whole thing about you made fun of me when i was husky and now look at me look at me man uh, I, uh, I hate that idea. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I'm not a Bray Wyatt guy. I gave, I love the Bray Wyatt, uh, the original, like 
uh, Waylon Mercy style uh, backwoods cult leader Hawaiian t-shirt Bray Wyatt. Like I thought that was a great gimmick, and he had really good matches against guys, especially like Daniel Bryan. Um, and they they had that Royal Rumble match, which was like fantastic. Um, the stuff with the Shield and the Wyatt family. Like, I used to, I I was a big Bray fan, but ever since they turned him into kind of like the the Undertaker style when he went into the feud with Undertaker for WrestleMania and lost. And I was there live when he lost to Cena at WrestleMania 30. And I thought he should have beat Cena that night. And I thought that was a miss. I, well, I was a brave fan, but I am not anymore. I, I think it is ultra cringe. Uh, the last time we saw anything about him, right. was the muscle man dance. Whenever uh, Bobby yeah, Lashley, Lashley was like, stuff. Yeah. I don't play with kids. Well, you're playing with kids. I don't play kids games. Sorry. Not play with kids. I don't play kids games. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I, I I despise the idea of Bray Wyatt not only returning, but like ret- I should say returning. I don't have a problem with the man having a job, and I don't necessarily have a problem with the man himself. I despise the gimmick. I think the the whole fiend and Uncle Howdy and the puppets come to life and all this stuff is so goofy it i can't especially after that mountain dew match i'm just like the most respect i've ever had for la night was after that match on smackdown or whatever it was like the next week they she was doing a backstage interview with somebody and the the interviewer gave him the microphone was like i I, someone should i hope someone can find this because maybe i'm remembering it wrong but if someone can send me a, a clip of this i'd really appreciate it but if i remember correctly she was like, so how do you feel about, you know, coming off of that, that loss to, to Bray Wyatt in the, in the pitch black match? And he took the microphone and was like, was like yeah, we're going to forget about that and move on. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, and I was like, okay, that's, I, that's smart. Do not, do not harp on this. Just move on. Let's pretend like none of this happened. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I hate the idea of Bray Wyatt coming back and feuding with Cody because that means Cody would have to have matches with him and that just if anything could derail the trajectory of Cody because I'd imagine he'd win the feud I think the plan still is to do him and Roman at Wrestlemania so it's a matter of killing time and getting there in a way that makes sense the Brock Lesnar stuff makes sense because that's beating this is no offense to Seth Rollins the title he holds but but beating Brock Lesnar right now means more than winning the world heavyweight title on raw just is just it's a it means more it's your it's your heat to get towards roman which is the actual title that matters so i think that beating brock in this trilogy that's a great step in that direction to, to getting to roman but we'd be taking a lot of steps back if cody's got to sit there and pretend to be afraid of puppets and magic and muscle man dances and and uncle howdy <laughs> who's uncle howdy <laughs> That's, that's, that's Uncle Howdy's little laugh that he does. <laughs> and then he runs around like it, like it is in Bo Dallas. Like it might that not be Bo Dallas. scared me. Oh, well, I'm, I'm doing the job. I mean, he, he runs around giggling and it's clearly Bo Dallas. It's his voice. And that, and that was the big payoff we talked about for so long too. Wait, wait until the Bo Dallas reveal. Oh, that's going to be. Listen, you know what? You want me to 180? Put Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt back on television. You'll you'll turn someone into an LA Knight fan pretty fast. Cause I'm going to be sitting here going, no, 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 no. Push LA Knight. Never mind. Push LA Knight. Get, get Bray Wyatt away from me. Push LA Knight. 
We got a lot of good stuff in the chat, by the way. Uh, is this a theory or has there been reporting around why? I haven't seen really any reporting. I've seen a lot of theory that Bray is the one to come out after Cody. I've not seen like a legit report. Maybe I missed something, but I've not seen any of that. Uh, people in the chat, though. Uh, Cody Island meets the fun house. That sounds bad. I'll pass. I disagree. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Uh, building to a WrestleMania exorcism to free the ghost oh. of Dusty. Yes. They, Cody's Love already it. had an exorcism. They had to get the WWE out of him years ago on BTV. Yeah. Well, and it's back now. in now, but that was one of the, some of the funniest stuff ever was him I'll being the WWE it. show. Oh, I've been craving a sponsored match. Oh, Cody selling these sponsors too. Cody would love to yeah. do a sponsored match. Would love it. Uh, 15 minute promo of them both saying nothing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Too. Those two. <laughs> you know what, man? I was standing around, man, thinking about stuff. And I'm thinking about wrestling, man. And I got Uncle Howdy, man, and my puppets. What are you going to do, Cody? Run. Uh, I hope. I hope. One, because Bray Wyatt just pops me for all the wrong reasons. It would be great content if we get a Cody and Bray feud amazing content for this show they would try really really hard to make it work i think cody and bray probably have a lot of love for one another they've probably known each other yeah. a really long time i mean like since they're probably kids with their families both being around so like i i'd imagine they probably want to work together i just cody they, if cody wants to overcome adversity there's nothing more adversity than doing a extended program than bray wyatt he, he needs to go out there and just I don't want to get demonetized. Uh, he needs to end the fun house. Like he needs to take out every one of those characters one by one. Crossroads to to Mercy the Buzzard. Crossroads to Huskus the Pig. Just step on Rambling Rabbit in front of everybody. Just stomp him out. Like get rid of this goofy ass. This it's just it's just anyway. I'm also 35. If I if I was if I was 10, Bray Wyatt might be the, the most entertaining thing I've ever seen in my life. So that that's another that's other. I have to be realistic about this. There are probably kids who love, and I know he has his fans. There's a lot of adult Bray Wyatt fans that get really, really, really offense uh, offended. They, dude, I don't know if I if there are fans out there like LA Knight fans are getting pretty. Um, they got you know they're getting pretty vocal about like having his back, of course, but like. I don't know if there's a fan base that like like types harder and breathes heavier into their keyboard than Bray Wyatt fans when they get mad. Like they get so angry when you make fun of Bray Wyatt or say you're you're not into Bray Wyatt. Um, anyways, we should probably move on to like other topics. I got about, about a half hour. We, yeah, we do have to get some other stuff here. Uh, all right, here. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Uh, AEW last night. Uh, some, some stuff from last night, but a big thing coming this weekend. MJF, Adam Cole challenging FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. They both, both teams cut promos last night. I thought uh, both teams had really good promos uh some some good stuff specifically from mjf and then dax and his response that he may may not seen uh mjf's promo first before they cut that one the the big topic yeah. on this though jensen is mjf and adam cole very very hot right now and i know mjf is the world champion people not everybody likes that he's doing this comedy stuff but can't deny how hot this act is right now do you continue with this act 
or do you do what uh, people assume they will do and they lose on Saturday, they do the turn, they set up the match, whether it be for all out or all in? Yeah, so first off, I thought it was funny you just pointed out Dax pretending to not have seen the promo and calling out bullet point by bullet point exactly what MJF said in his promo about him. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, he 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 Eminem them. He's like, oh, I don't need to see the promo. I know exactly what he's gonna say. Like, yeah, probably saw the promo. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent knew what he was gonna say. But it's okay. That's fine. I I I respect the. I respect FTR. I respect everybody involved in this. They're all great. Um, I think that Adam Cole's gonna turn on MJF. I don't know how long they'll wait to do it, but that's where I'm leaning more and more towards now is like, I think Adam Cole will turn, but it won't. I talked about this with Doug on, on, uh, on Tuesday and he's the one who actually brought up kind of the scenario. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in on it that I would do, I would do Adam Cole turning on MJF, but it isn't, it isn't him turning heel. It's him. It's him getting out in front of it and being like, you thought that I was that stupid this whole time, Max. Like, I know who you are. Roddy knows who you are. We played you, dude. Like you got in, but but MJF is gonna get really, really upset about because he actually thought that he had a friend in Adam Cole for once. Like he's act like which is a different layer of MJF than what we normally get. I think MJF is gonna be the one in this scenario that actually feels like he has a real best friend in Adam Cole. Adam Cole's gonna break his heart and it's gonna lead MJF to be even more diabolical even more of like a joker arc because now he's like he can't even trust anybody he's got one guy who he became friends with who stabbed him in the back and everyone's continues to cheer adam cole because of stabbing him in the back i think the roddy thing is a uh is a red herring like the you know roger strong being so concerned about everything i you know i i think that it's pretty clear that but anyway, I, I shouldn't say pretty clear because MJF could always just turn and that would make perfect sense based on his character. But I feel like that's a little too predictable with how everything is. So I would say, uh, I don't know when they do it, but it'll probably be not long after they lose this eliminator. Because because also last night, it needs to be mentioned that Adam Cole or uh, MJF straight up told Adam Cole yesterday, hey, win, lose, or draw, I'm giving you another shot at this title. And so now Adam Cole has what he wants. Like he had, he has the title shot. Whether he wants to be, whether he needs to stay around MJF anymore or not. So, I think the, the seeds have been planted now to where, probably not long after they lose, because I don't think they're going to beat FTR. So, like if they lose that match, either during the match, after the match, maybe within a few weeks, probably probably pretty fast though. I think Adam Cole will be the one to turn on MJF, and then that'll be, you know, and I think MJF will probably retain over Adam Cole whenever they eventually have their match, but um. That's where I'm at with everything with, with, with them. And I, I like it, by the way. I think they're going to have a great tag team match. I, I love I love all four of the performers involved in this. Jilted lover, Roderick Strong, who can't understand why his uh, boyfriend, Adam Cole, is now spending time with his <laughs> best friend. It's like, why aren't you spending time with me? We used to have something. And then yes, he just doesn't get it. He's jealous. Jealous. Roderick Strong seems kind of boring to hang out with. I'd be hanging out with MJF over Roderick Strong too. Maybe have some excitement in your life, Roddy. You go around sulking everywhere with your neck brace and stuff. MJF's taking him out to nice places. Well, and part of me too, it comes across like when Adam Cole and MJF, or sorry, when Adam Cole and Roddy Strong are together, like alone together, it almost feels to me where Adam Cole is looking him in the eyes and being like, don't blow my cover, dude. Like stop blowing my cover. Like stay out of this. I know what I'm doing. 
you know, he's not saying that, but like, that's kind of what I'm, the vibe I'm getting from it is like, dude, don't get, stop getting in the way. Stop getting like, I am, I don't actually like this guy, but I can't say that in front of people. Like, come on, man. Um, and also massive shout out to MJF. I don't know if you caught the, uh, one of his lines yesterday when, when him and Roddy were face to face, he yelled out and said that he was a, he was a, he was a, a generic call. A creator wrestler, yeah, a creator wrestler, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that's a that's a good line. That's always a good line. I mean, he he hit him with the like, oh, hey, generic white dude number two uh, a few weeks ago, whatever he called them. Yeah, he, I mean, look, bless Roddy Strong, one one absolute fantastic wrestler. He's but. so great in the ring that that doesn't matter, and that's why you can make those jokes without it bothering me because like yeah. Roderick Strong, it doesn't matter. He Rod, the the looks of Roderick Strong is not the draw of Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong when the bell rings in between the ropes, that's and and he is fantastic in the ring. So like, I I don't care. I don't care how generic he looks personally. Brian Danielson looks pretty generic in like the grand scheme of things, or at least did. He kind of has more of a look to him now. But even when he was getting over, like on the indies, he was just a kind of a he was like a like a small guy with a shaved head, just like a just very generic looking guy. Didn't matter because he kicked ass. You know, that's awesome. I think MJF and Cole should win the tag titles on Saturday. Really, um, I don't um, hate that idea though. By the way, I don't hate it. The problem, the problem with this is, um, you're going to all in, right? I think all out is where the title match between MJF and Cole is probably going to happen, maybe. But then that takes the world title off of all in. I understand, like, hey, biggest show of the year, maybe you should have a world title match. I mean, biggest show of the year. I have no idea what they're booking for this right. show yet. Like, we're a month away from all in. I'm like maybe this match is happening, but there doesn't seem to be anything super concrete on this show just yet. Like I could see a CM Punk, Ricky Starks, but also I could not see CM Punk, Ricky Starks on this. Anyway, I understand you don't have the world title on all in and maybe people would be upset about that. I would do a ta- the tag team title match at, at all in, not a rematch. I would do a, a triple threat type of thing, whether it be FTR and, and Young Bucks, in there potentially and then maybe that repairs a little bit of a, a relationship there and we get uh these sides working with each other and that way cole and mjf don't have to take a fall on this because it's hard for me to see cole or mjf taking a fall at all in and be like hey world title match it all out like i just saw you lost lose a week a week ago uh, it's tough for me to buy in to that do a triple threat match uh ftr young bucks win Cole MJF doesn't take the loss and then you kind of do the turn whichever way you want to go with it after that match it sets up for all out so you kind of have a and it's more than a two-week build obviously this Cole and MJF story has been going on for for months now um but then that that's your setup and your payoff for in a two-week or in a one-week period that's my suggestion I understand why maybe it doesn't work for a lot of people I fully expect FTR to win on Saturday and whoever's turning whichever way they're going on Saturday uh, to happen on Saturday, whichever way they're going to happen on Saturday. That's my expectation. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it'll happen on Saturday as well. Uh, The other AEW spotlight is Jerry Lynn in 2023. (laughs) Jack Perry is the FTW champion. He buried ECW and Taz and then out came Jerry Lynn, who said, you want to fight somebody? I'm right here. 
And next week, they will have a face-to-face. It is not an official match. Right. They will have a face-to-face. Jerry Lynn in 2023, Steven Jensen. Pretty dope, okay? Like, I get that some people might not be into this, but Jerry Lynn was the man. And he, you know, a lot of your favorite wrestlers, if you were to ask them, you know, favorite wrestlers or, or, or like their own personal favorite wrestlers or wrestlers that or people that like really help them nowadays as like agents or like just always giving good advice and feedback and stuff. Jerry Lynn's a name that almost always comes up. Um, his run in ECW is absolutely legendary. His run in TNA is legendary as well. People kind of forget about like his early TNA days run and stuff too with X Division and all that, the tag team division, him and AJ and everything. Like that was really, really great stuff. Um, so I, I pop big, honestly, like I saw, you know, I, I like, I like the idea of the, the, the story of the feud here too. I like jungle or jungle, Boy, Jack Perry, I get used to calling him that again. Um, he, I, I really like his heel turn right now. I, he's leaning into it really well. I don't like the music, but that's the point. Like, I, I hate that music as a matter of fact, as entrance music, but that's like literally the point. Um, and if the story is going to be, hey, I'm the FDW champion, I don't respect this title. Um, and to have like ECW originals kind of come after him. I also noticed that Jungle, that Jack Perry, um, when he came out to the ring, he blew a kiss to Taz on his way out too. And I was like, that's a, that was a good touch. Yeah. Um, so, cause I mean, this thing might also eventually end with, you know, Taz putting, uh, you know, putting Jack in the Taz mission, you know, or something, you know, during this and helping hook, you know, at some point or something. So I think there's a lot of kind of cool stuff they can do with this. I don't love the idea of like an EV 8.0 reunion or anything like that. Um, you know, like reuniting ECW for like the thousandth time uh, or anything like that. But considering the FTW title is involved with this and I'll be honest, you know, outside of ECW, I don't really, I haven't really cared about that title. Like it's nothing against, uh, you know, Cage Nobody or Stars. Wait, but I mean, it's, it's a non-recognized title by the company. It's, it's not, it's, it looks kind of cool and it gives me some nostalgia feels because, you know, I remember when that title was active in the original ECW, but like, I like that Jack won the title and he's being real about it and being like, when I said I wanted to become a world champion, this isn't what I was talking about. And for Jerry Lynn to come out and be like, I'm going to defend the honor of ECW is cool for a couple reasons. One, because it makes sense because of that belt. And two, I definitely wasn't expecting Jerry Lynn to have anything even resembling a confrontation or a match or anything like that, a fight, whatever they're going to call it uh, in 2023. I, that was not on my bingo card, but I like it. And I, I'm curious now to see if more ECW originals get involved in this, because I'd imagine they probably will. They'll probably reach out to some other talents that like can still go at least, you know, somewhat decently in the ring probably and have jungle boy beat like a handful of these guys. Um, but I'm not saying it's the best idea. I'm just saying that seems like what they're going to do. Unless they're going to do just this one really random Jerry Lynn thing. Jerry Lynn you know? hasn't wrestled in like 10 years, by the way. I know, but he was, but I mean, normally I'd be like, I'd be worried about it, but like he was really, really good. Like, okay, I feel like, if but... he, I feel like, I feel like if he feels like he can do it, he can. 10 years. I mean, maybe he can, you well, know. CM Punk was out of the ring for seven or whatever. I mean, I guess again, he was training. Um, yeah, at least CM Punk but... was doing some type of training. No, no offense 
to, to Jerry Lynn. Like he's Jerry he's Lynn looks like he's in shape. Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. For all we know, Does he's he... in the ring. All for all we know, he's in the ring all the time with these people while he's coaching them and stuff. We don't know. He might still be good I... to go. I don't know the last time Jerry Lynn. I mean, I don't know if he he would take a bump or what kind of bump he would take. I if Jerry Lynn actually wrestles, I don't think he will. By the way, right? My expectations, and I, I love Jerry Lynn as a as a kid. Like he he was one of the most underrated guys. I know a WWF lightweight champion, baby, Mister JL. Um, yes. Share we share initials. Uh, yeah, my expectations are not high for a Jerry Lynn match in twenty twenty three. They're they're just oh, they're not. Um, mine aren't either, but I'm but I'm I'm optimistic about it specifically because of who we're talking about. If this was like most people that have been out of the game for this long that weren't that good to begin with, I'd be very like there are plenty of ECW originals that you could say this about, and I'd be like, Yeah, keep them away from some of them we see in, in impact often. And I'm like, probably shouldn't be doing this anymore, probably. But you know, it's not my decision to make. Yeah, but um, oh, the difference—the difference in that is the people in Impact are kind of guys who have a certain style, right? Jerry Lynn, and that style can, right? You don't need to do a whole. lot. I know what you mean. You there's a lot of smoke. There, there's a lot of shortcuts you can take in, in yeah. those kind of Jerry Lynn. Stuff, sure. Jerry Lynn was a guy known for more of his speed and technical ability, yes. and that's something that won't look as clean in 2023 as you get older and just don't move as well. Agreed. Whereas Tommy dreamer can hit people in the head with a kendo stick all day long until he's 80. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is just like the Tommy dreamer. I remember from, you know, 2001, there's not a whole lot of difference there. Jerry Lynn, you will notice a difference. Uh, I agree. And and by the way, I'm with you where I think it'll most likely be like more of a like a face to face and Lynn will probably bump around a little bit, but I don't think we're gonna get like a full on, at least not yet. I remember also remember back in the day there was people who thought like the movie The Wrestler was like a like based on Jerry Lynn. Yeah, Jerry and, Lynn got the RH world title off of that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But like that's kind of crazy to think now is like imagine if he had a match now. The comparisons you'd make to that would be like, but damn, he actually kind of is exactly what we're, but, but he's, but he, but he's not like down and out. The difference with Jerry Lynn is for people who may not know, like he's backstage. I mean, obviously he was you know, wearing AEW stuff when he came out last night, but you know, he's a backstage guy for AEW. Like he's still very much involved with a lot of stuff. So, you know, I, I have faith that they know what they're doing with this, but I, 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 but the reason I wanted to be, it'd be to be my spotlight today on the show is because it just it was completely unexpected. And yeah. when I was like, wait a second, they're gonna do something between Jerry Lynn and Jungle Boy? Like, that's interesting at the very least. I don't know if it's gonna be the best idea or not, but I like I like the thought process of FTW title, original ECW, original ECW wrestlers defending the honor of the original ECW. But it has to be the right people, and they can't make it. They can't drag Jack down because of it. That, that's my biggest fear would be him having to get in the ring with like originals. Imagine if they had him go out there and it was like him versus the Sandman and the Sandman like can't move, you know? And it's like, that's like, that's, that's a problem. How many, how many EC do I think RVD is still active enough, but like how many guys from ECW are active to There's not actually many. like, yeah. They're many. they're all. I mean, ECW was twenty years ago, more yep. than that, twenty five years ago, and so all of these guys who are already in their maybe they were in their early twenties, they're all fifty 
at this yeah. point. And, like Too Cold Scorpio still goes. If they bring in Too Cold Scorpio now, all right, I'm that's a different bring thing. He in. can still wrestle. He's still out there hitting tumbleweeds and stuff. Like he's yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. But no, I it, it, you're right. I mean, then there's even guys like Johnny Swinger technically that like are you know were ECW originals that like are wrestling fairly often in like Impact and stuff. But it's more of a comedy thing or whatnot. I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like that's a concern as well as like both of us being people who grew up during the original ECW and having seen reunion after reunion after reunion after reunion at this point, like even, even Paul Heyman, when you ask him about ECW, usually just like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. Like that's like, it's just so long ago. Like it was awesome for what it was. Like, can we just kind of move on? You know, like I don't really, you know, so on one hand, it's cool. Like the homage, the homage or whatever to ECW with all this. On another hand, it's like, why are we still referen- referencing ECW? It's kind of like, there was a moment in time that you can never take away from any of us, but like, it's been over for 20 years. I di- It's Dynamite 200 next week. I was seeing if they could tie in this Jack Perry stuff to kind of that and in, in ECW and everything. Like, how could you tie all of this together? And there's really no one that's like tied to ECW in like the first episode of Dynamite is what I was trying to look back on. I don't know. Well, they are kind of tying that with like Jericho and Gert into like Guevara being in like that yeah, yeah. match next week. That was the original episode of Dynamite, the inner circle formed and stuff. And like, so right. Some of that. I see what you're saying though. Yeah. But I was looking for this specific segment and I, I oh. don't know. Uh, there's no real ECW first episode of Dynamite tie in. Uh, right. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I'm not expecting a Jalen match. I'm not expecting that at all. If they look, they can get RBD. Great. Now I've talked myself into two cold Scorpio. Give me a two cold. I love that idea. I love that idea. Give us Scorpio versus Jack. Love that. Yeah, he's still going. All right, we got to speed run these last few topics here. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Kenta and Will Ospreay from night five of the New Japan uh, G1 Climax 33. People wanted the old Kenta and Will Ospreay. It was certainly a guy who kind of brought out the old Kenta here. Kenta showed a lot of fire early on with the immediate elbows, uh, had, had some sting on his kicks. Look, Will Ospreay is, he might be the best wrestler in the world yeah. right now. Like, I say what you want about him. I understand why he's not for everybody. He makes everyone he's in the ring with up their game. And there's a reason why he's spoken so highly of by his peers and everything. Kenta, there's a lot of romance when it comes on with Kenta, especially uh, when we were talking about the CM Punk stuff leading up to Forbidden Door, everybody wanted that again for kind of nostalgia and romance purposes. But Kenta's been what he's been the past few years. A lot of stuff is just kind of caught up with him. This looked more like a, a vintage Kenta performance, and a chunk of that was just how good Will Ospreay is at making everything look like it murders him. Yeah, the match absolutely rules. I would highly recommend checking it out. There, there, there's points during that match where they are. I mean, they're basically like, I know pro wrestling is like a simulated fight to begin with, but like Kent is like throwing fisted, just, just punches like to the face, to the body. Like, I mean, Osprey and they're slapping the hell out of each other. Like that was a stiff match. And like you said, that, that felt like the old Kenta. Um, That was, it was really, really good stuff. There's a lot of good false finishes. Um, I believe the, although ultimately the finisher, like he hit him with a hidden blade in a, in a storm breaker to finally put him away. But they did everything in this thing. And if you want to kind of up Kenta's 
I don't credibility is not the right word, but like his his perception again, kind of a bit. Um, especially because they couldn't make the Kenta and, and Punk thing happen, which is so strange. I think that uh, I, this this was honestly I, I don't I don't catch a whole lot of New Japan anymore, but I did watch this whole match before you know because then we were going to talk about it, and I was incredibly impressed. Like I've been saying for a minute that Will Ospreay is one of the best in the world. I won't I won't argue that at all. If someone wants to say he's the best wrestler, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue it. I, I completely understand that argument a hundred percent. Um, and this is this is exactly what you want out of Kenta. Like I want more of this out of Kenta going forward. Um, so yeah, and then Osprey beat Okada this morning. Yeah, so, he did. Like, Osprey's Osprey's absolutely killing it right now. He's uh he's he, and he and he's another guy that's crazy. He hasn't hit his his he hasn't hit his prime yet either, probably, which is insane. So I, maybe he hasn't hit his prime. He's still but... getting better. He's yeah. still he's still adding moves. He's still putting on size. He's still becoming more athletic somehow and being better in ring psychology. And like, he's getting better still. He's certainly adapting uh, his style as well. Like he, he said it himself. Like as he adds size, he just can't do some of the acrobatics that that he used to do. And so that has, I think, made him a more well-rounded wrestler because he can't just fully still super super athletic, but he can't fully rely on that athleticism. I, Kenny Omega went through that as well is like, these guys will rely so much on athleticism to get them by. And then it's when that sort of ticks down, you got to figure out other things that work. And, and both guys, both guys figured it out a lot quicker than a lot of guys do. I mean, the, these two are at like top 1% when it comes to just understanding wrestling. Uh, but they, a lot of guys now, especially nowadays on the Indies where it seems like everybody's athletic and everybody can do everything. They're going to have to figure this out and some will pick it up quicker than others. And Will Ospreay, again, he's somebody who just picked it up really quick. He's incredible. Uh, your other spotlight, Jensen, is East West Express coming to New Japan. They're going to be part of the uh, sort of New Japan. Uh, it's it's a conglomerate event, but it's the All-Star Junior Festival. Um, they're they're going to face Mao and El Desperado at the event, which takes place on August 19th. Yes, and that can kind of be parlayed into the uh, the indie spotlight. If you want to hit that bumper real quick, because that all kind of ties together. Sure. Uh, I want to give a big motherfucking shout out. So East West, of course, uh, very well known through GCW. So I'll get into GCW talk right after this. Um, but East West, GCW Tag Team Champions, it's cool. They're going to be wrestling Desperado and Mal. Um, Mal, by the way, is making some really big uh, waves right now in the scene. Uh, he's a He's a guy I've been a fan of for a minute, but like he's really putting it all together right now. He had a really, really good match with Speedball recently. And that's not saying much because people has matches with everybody, but um, but Mao and Speedball, and they have they, they're a tag team as well, the two of them. So it's, it's cool with like their history. But like um it's cool to see Nick Wayne and all the love he's getting and being a part of AEW and all this. But along the way, I was also saying, like, I really hope that Jordan Oliver doesn't get like left behind or kind of become like an afterthought in any way and it seems like it seems like that's not going to be the case at all because they're going to continue to team they're going to get that new japan show you know that joint show whatever you want to call it but it is new japan branded and then um you know hopefully jordan and east west can stay a thing i'd love to see jordan on AEW with nick i've I've said that before i think them as a tag team on AEW television would be huge for both guys for like their long-term progress and everything they could they could do a lot together in the short term but, um, but yeah, shout out to East West. They're one of my favorite tag teams. They're two of my favorite guys in all of wrestling. And, uh, 
and it's cool because I know it's a bucket list thing. I know Nick Wayne and Doran Oliver are both saying like it's super cool we're going to do this for New Japan. So, um, and then I'll kind of parlay that into mentioning with Japan we have GCW announced they're going to be doing a Cork and Hall show in October, which is massive. Um, and they were just in Japan this past week, or I guess yeah, well like last it was like two weeks ago. It was like yeah, it's technically it was last week, like during the week they had. Yeah. Because um, like the time difference in Japan, um, they had the new fair, the new face of war and planet death over uh, the two shows. I did full reviews over on Fightful Select during the weekender. So if you want to know like match by match and my full thoughts on like the whole show or both shows and everything, um, I'd recommend checking out the weekender uh, to get some like deep dives in that. But I want to give that a shout out too. you know, massive shout out to GCW Cork and Hall is a, is a very, very big deal. Um, and just becoming this popular in Japan is a very big deal. Like in that market, it's super cool that they go to these shows and like the fan base, like Jimmy Lloyd, I think is the first person who came out for the new face of war. Um, and like the fans are like doing this, Jimmy, 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 effing Lloyd. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a completely different country. And they're all, they're all, they know, they know these guys, they know these girls, they know these performers. Like, I think that's, I think that's so, that's so cool to me. Um, the way that pro wrestling can just translate, or, or you know, just you know, just the way the way that anyone from anywhere can see it and, and and love it, and you know, I just I think it's so cool how well GCW is doing in Japan. So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of my my uh, my whole spotlight in a bundle there with like We East West and GCW, and um, actually in the interview you're all about to hear, um, we bring it up where we're you'll be hearing an interview from one called Anders, who is a big part of GCW, and I bring up Cork and Hall to him. Hopefully he it's booked for the show we'll get more during the interview but um but yeah so i i know i've got a bounce here in a second but is there anything you'd like to add for uh gcw in japan uh gcw in japan i think emil tweeted it of like you just don't book corking they just don't like right you can't just walk up there and be like hey um is the venue open on this night day yeah sure like it, it take it takes a lot to to be able to run that and to be able to you know feel you're gonna run that successfully as well like you, you got to run that and it's going to cost. You got to feel confident that you're going to uh, at least break even on that. And GCW clearly feels confident that it, it is a worthwhile business venture for them. So it's a, it's good on GCW. I expect we'll, we'll see plenty of the, the Japanese talent uh, and everything on that show, as we've seen on the majority of really all the GCW and uh, Japan shows. And then when it comes to East West, a little surprised it's not Mao and Speedball as the as the right. team it's it's el desperado I, I assume they have other plans speedball's on the show i assume they just have other plans for him on the show but i i was suspecting it would be mountain speedball as the tag team against east west but it is good that jordan oliver is part of this you know he he's somebody we, we talked to him uh with manders as well like just really well respected among his peers on the independent scene and Nick Wayne's getting a lot of shine right now in AEW and Jordan Oliver is hopefully he continues to rise alongside that with Nick Wayne. I know you got to go Jensen. So I'll let you get all the plugs in here. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you can follow me on uh, Twitter at fight talk. Well on X at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L underscore. Um, please listen to the fightful select weekend or podcast to uh, subscribe over to fightfulselect.com that drops every Sunday. Um, and I mainly talk the world of independent professional wrestling over there. And you can check out uh, myself and Doug do a show called Live Rounds on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we talk for about two hours usually, about two to two and a half hours about 
wrestling and football and action figures and movies. We talk a little bit about everything. Um, so I think y'all would enjoy that if you enjoy this. Um, yeah, and that's that. I hope y'all enjoy the interview with Manders. I thought it was really good. He gave us a lot of time. We get a lot of good info. Great conversation. Great dude. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go clock in for the shoot job. Good seeing everyone in the chat today. Good seeing you, Jeremy. And um, the next time, I think, I think the next time y'all will see or, or hear from me will probably be on Sunday for the weekend or so. Keep a lookout for that. And I hope everybody has a great day. The wife says it's still Twitter, by the way. It's not X. It's X on the computer, but it's Twitter on my phone. It's very weird. Very weird. Anyways. (laughs) Thank you as always, Jensen. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. All right, everyone. Let's get into uh, our interview, our creator spotlight with one called Manders. He won SCI, a big tournament in the Southeast. The other week, he is part of GCW. He's part of MLW. He wrestles all around the independent scene. He's part of the uh, Second Gear crew with um, Nance Warner, Matthew Justice, you know, Effie and Alley Catch are kind of part of that as well. A lot of great stories from Manders. Uh, it's an hour in 20 minutes. It is a long interview, I believe. Last week, we had uh, Jeremy Padawar, which was our longest interview at like just over an hour. That was like an hour and 10. And then we topped it this week with uh, one called Manders. So it, it is a long interview. I promise the the end is worth it. He gives a great, 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 great story. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it a little bit. I'll set it up a little bit. Manders was at WrestleMania the past two years hanging out with uh, a, a top-tier football player who also got involved in a WrestleMania match this year. That is what I'll say on that fun, a lot of fun stories. Stories with Eddie Kingston, stories with John Moxley. Uh, get stories just traveling around like the independent scene and stuff. So Manders, he's, he's been around for a little bit, but he, he's hung out with a lot of people and just had a lot of stories to share. So fun interview. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, creator Spotlight with one called Manders. Welcome to, re- to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I, as always, am Steven Jensen, joined by Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is the 2023 Scenic City Invitational winner. He is a Corn Belt Cowboy. He is a member of the Second Gear crew. He is the one called Manders. Thank you for joining the show today. How you doing? Good. What's up, y'all? How are you guys? Doing great. Oh, doing great. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Especially coming off the, the SEI victory. I know Jensen's very excited. Yeah, that, was, that, was, uh, that. that was crazy, man. Uh, you know, like coming in, like, it's not like it's like the first time I've ever been to SEI, you know, and like I've, uh, you know, we, we, 2019, I won the Action Future Showcase, and that was kind of like my coming out party in a way. And then, you know, you do the circuit and stuff, and you know how wrestling is. It can eat you and spit you up. And, you know, I, I talked about my promo, and it's kind of like everyday life. You have your highs and your lows, right? And then uh, we did the SEI tournament. Um, what was it, 2021? Because we didn't do it in 2020, right? Right. Or It was, it was like a skip a year because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then we had it. And then I lost the first round. Alex Kane, who's MLW champion, doing, you know, great. doing great. Um, and then the next year, I wasn't even supposed to be in it, but I was there because I had nothing else better to do. You know, being me, that's what I do, right? You know, another how I know town, even though from my book. And somehow Trish like missed her flight, and uh, so I wrestled Masha, who's also doing very well, and then you know lose to her, and then. Awesome come to this year, and those those are the lows we had, and here's the highs. So winning it was pretty sweet, pretty meaningful for me, and uh, yeah, it was wild. What a weekend! Yeah, 
Absolutely. I mean, it, it's been really cool to watch, like from my perspective is, you know, someone and we'll, we'll get into this throughout the interview, but um, like I went to a lot of the sup shows in Nashville out of the basement East. I used to live in Nashville. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of like your rise and like that scene, especially in that, obviously that links in closely the SCI sup action, you know, TWE, Absolutely. like all this whole area. Um, and I was going to ask you about that because I remember you winning the future showcase and that, that tournament's become such a big deal and a launching point. Like I remember Marco stunt winning that for instance, like pre AEW. And um, yeah. I mean, and so um, yeah, I guess if you can speak even more to this kind of how important it is uh, for not just winning the SCI, cause that's, that's in my opinion, that's my favorite tournament every year. I look forward to it so much each year to see, you know, cause I think it's such a, such a spotlight of, you know, all independent talent, but even more specifically the Southeast scene. So like, what's, what's it like to be kind of one of the guys that they're putting, you know, kind of on the back of the whole scene and saying like, this is, this, this is really like legitimately one of our top guys. Yeah. Uh, like being a guy from Iowa. I mean, if you look at a map, Iowa's not the Southeast, right? Of course. And like, when I was on the, I mean, I'm always on the run, but when I was, when I was on the run cutting my teeth, you know, trying to make some waves in independent wrestling or just wrestling in general. Uh, outside of Iowa and IWA, that was kind of really it. You know what I mean? And, like, for them to, hey, yeah, you want to drive eight hours to Nashville? That's cool. Yeah, like, please do. And, you know, that's what you kind of do, right? You kind of you, – if you want to go places, you make it happen. And a lot of times I was – a lot of the shows I first started on, or I, you know, showed up and helped out. And then when that bone gets thrown to you, you either sink or swim. And luckily I've been able to swim. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, guys like Dylan Hales and Matt Griffin and Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini and Scott uh, Hensley and, like, list goes on where these guys, where they just – you know, they're all good people, but also too, like, you know, they give everybody opportunities, you know, cause it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to get those and, and not even just in wrestling, just in life and, you know, being able to do that and creating bonds like that and kind of like having like a home in a way, you know, like away from home. And I think that's the Southeast for me and, you know, and, uh, Marco winning it, right? Like, I feel like there obviously there was a rise, right? Because there was AEW that was created. Right. So there was obviously like great independent talent that was, you know, becoming a thing where we could put this on TV, right? Yeah. It's almost it's almost like history where it all goes circles, right? You think of like WCW and the territory days and kind of the same thing but in different words. And like Marco winning it, like there was such a rise in the South like that happening like obviously there's other points too right like you know like before then before marco winning the action future showcase tournament uh like you had other people you know like um that were in the southeast that were you know putting in the work but like him him like winning it and then like the rise of it all and then and then obviously having like independent wrestling tv and then the on-demand whole big thing where everybody's doing it, you know, like outside of wrestling too. I feel like, you know, stars align in certain ways and like him winning it like that and then taking it off like that made it a really big deal, at least for that action's future showcase tournament. So then like the next year, like, 
I don't know if it was because like guys like Kurt Stallion for me, or just like guys that were just highwaymen. I, there was something about it. You know, obviously I like the song because that's that's who I am, and like I really took it to heart. So like me putting it in the work like that, I was like, you know, maybe hopefully one day something happens out of it. I didn't know me winning the future showcase tournament would be it, you know, but like it did, and then that's what happened. And then it's a big deal because it basically puts you in a at a platform or a certain criteria of like, hey, this guy or this girl can really they're they're obviously they're good, but like it, it's it's a whole nother thing where it's like, no, they actually go out and get it. Like I don't know where Rachel's from, Armstrong. I, she's definitely not from the Southeast, so no, and she's incredible. I didn't know a lot about her until recently, but she's I, she's fantastic. I've seen her a bunch in Black Label uh, Pro and when I saw she was in the tournament, I was like, she's definitely winning. She's been putting in the work, you know, and she did. And it's like, you know, guys like, like that and Robert Martyr. And now you see all these guys, they're all doing stuff. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Um, and then like, you know, I mean, it's not even just people outside the Southeast that like win these things too. Like, I mean, think of, you know, think of Jay Newman, right. Guy's been holding down Chattanooga, you know, since he's been wrestling since he was like 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then like AC Mack, like he, you know, they created a whole entire season of wrestling for a show, like all based. I mean, it's not all based on him, but like he was like the, the flag bearer, you know, uncharted territory. Yeah. Yeah. Southeast first. Yeah. That was, he was a main, main, main focus. And by the way, there would have been a lot more with, I'm sure you remember this as well, but during the pandemic, he was the bone storm champion and the action champion simultaneously. And then went on to win the IWTV title. There's a lot more that could have done with all that, but everything got shut down. 100%. And, uh, actually to even let's, 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 uh, take the curtain out a little bit. I was the way that, like if let's say the pandemic didn't happen or whatever, I would have been the sub champion. Wow! So that's how that was gonna right? play yeah, out. Like wow. would, yeah. So like it would have. There's a bunch of sh- like shit like wow. Because I was gonna ask you too, and we'll probably bounce around. But I I remember like that like the Teddy King story like very well. Like the yeah. with you and Jaden, and that kind of got derailed because Teddy left the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were like, I mean, so there was like. Your 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 career in South alone is is kind of wild, like kind of the highs and lows. And I that's that's something I didn't know that. So you were actually penciled in to be the. So were you going to beat AC? Was was he going to hold the belt until you? So we can even rewind all this back, which is crazy. Like I'm trying to remember in my memory bank. Um, <laughs> like the Teddy King stuff, like originally. I was just like there, you know what I mean? Like they were grooming me for whatever, but like really the story was supposed to be Teddy King and, and Jaden JV. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Teddy King was supposed to win the actions future showcase tournament that year. Okay. That makes sense. But then when he like, you know, I mean, it it happens right all the time. Like he, he stopped wrestling and then, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, when that opportunity was thrown to me where it's like, Hey, instead of Teddy, now it's going to be you like with the story with Jaden and then let's see how it goes. And it turned out to be, you know, a pretty, pretty sweet story. Yeah. uh, It's crazy like that. There's like certain things that happen. Like then that probably, I probably would have won the action future showcase that year. And then like, 
And then they probably wouldn't have had any chance to face AC and then beat AC Mack for the belt. And then who knows what happened after that. That's so wild. It's all crazy. And, like, like when we go back to highs and lows, like, I, I haven't really, like, I'm sure if you can find me on Twitter and, like, you go back to, like, 2020 and, and stuff and – that was definitely a low point for me. It was a low point for everybody, right? Because it's the pandemic. It sucked for everyone. I'm not the only one who didn't benefit from the pandemic. I mean, there's a couple of people that did. Like, look at Ben, like like Ben Carter or, or Nathan Brady, right? Like he, like Ben's one of my best friends, and because of him and the pandemic, it that's how he got signed WWE. I mean, I think I think either way he would have, but like you know what I mean, like. Dolph history through Black and Brave, by chance as well. Oh yeah, he was Black and Brave kid too. Well, I know he, I know he was, but I didn't know like if y'all like knew each other from there. Yeah, we did. So when uh, he, so he he had like some ring experience, but like when he came to the states, he like obviously went to school to play soccer. But it was it was it's funny. Like obviously he loves soccer and he wanted education, but like really in reality, it was for him to find his ways to get into wrestling, which is crazy, and. uh like, yeah, I met I met Ben. I was so I was class eight. I think he was like class like twelve or something, maybe. Um, and we just kind of like hit it off a lot because we had like the same mindset. Like we both loved wrestling. We were both were sports kids. Like just all that kind of stuff. And like when he was living in the South because he went to school in like Tennessee, and I was running the South a lot at that time. Like we just kind of bonded. And then like when he like moved back to Davenport. He lived in the bunkhouse with me. And then, like, we just kind of went everywhere. AIW, GCW, like, AAW, any of the shows, you name it. That's what we all did. And, uh, but, yeah, like, going back to the pandemic stuff, like, for me, like, I had all these things lined up that were going to happen. And then, you know, just like everybody else, like, it got taken away from me. So then you had to, like, sit back and be like, damn, like, what did I do wrong? But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And then, you know, when you look at it now, maybe not back then, I didn't understand. But also, too, I was young, too, and then all that shit. So it's, like, pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, I guess cream rises to the top sometimes. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's sure. The perseverance. Absolutely. Jeremy, yeah. if you want to get some questions in, I don't want to take this interview over too bad. I can, I can, I can, talk, I can talk all day there's, about the there's, South. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of, like, crazy history about just all of it. And it's, it's yeah. I'm super grateful for, you know, just the whole scenic city and the whole Southeast. So. Well, you know, Dylan, this isn't a question. This is a lead into Jeremy <laughs> asking a question here because I don't want to leave you out here, but, um, but, uh, but uh, j- just for what it's worth, I don't know if you've gone back and watched your win in the Scenic City Invitational, but the, in the finals, but Dylan mentions on commentary, Dylan Hales mentions on commentary that, um, a lot of stuff you mentioned about yourself, about how you were a guy who was just like putting in a lot of work, who was showing up, just trying to basically get a spot, you know, a handful of years ago. Um, and and then that led into your speech afterwards, which I thought was a really great, just a very heartfelt, just humble, just, you seem like just a good dude, you know, like a good, hardworking guy. Yeah. And that it really yeah. comes across, you know, so. Right. No, oh, I appreciate that. That's I was going to say. <laughs> it, it it was a a great victory speech and like for someone like i've i've followed uh, enough of 
when it comes to the GCW stuff and stuff in MLW and everything, Jensen is very much Southeast historian knows everything about everything can, can tell you about all these matches that I I've never seen before. Um, but I, I was just going to ask on kind of the, the GCW and MLW and the sort of moving away a little bit from, from the SEI uh, sort of stuff. Like, You've shared the ring with a, a lot of a lot of people through, throughout your career. A lot of people, television people uh, who either work in television now or have worked in television previously. Was there a moment, a match that where you were like, "Okay, I've sort of, I've sort of made this, and, and this is what I'm good at, and this is, I know I can, I can do this." Or did any of the television people come up to you, or any veteran television or not come up to you and be like, "Hey, man, like you're you're great at this. Keep doing this type of thing." Uh, all the above. <laughs> um, like the biggest thing I've learned from guys that were either on TV or guys that are currently on TV or to my trainer, like Seth Rollins and people that I've run through and, and been with, or, you know, my, my best friends like Mance, Justice Effie, uh, the one, th- the one thing that's consistent that I keep hearing is just keep going, right? And that's what I've – like, and I say this a lot to, like, some of the young guys where it's like, look, man, like, talent's all great. Like, everybody's got talent, right? There's a, there's a lot of great wrestlers out there. But it's the – it's you being a hustler and you being – and making sacrifices and – doing like those little things that like will make you go above and beyond, I think. Right. Like, so then like saying like, just keep going. Cause there's a lot of days, right. That we all sit and we wake up and we go to work and we're like, damn, I fucking hate this. You know what I mean? Like we, we all have it and, and, and love and hate's a very fine line. And like, there's days like that in pro wrestling too, you know, like, I mean, it's not fun to sit in 10, 12 hour days and TV taping at MLW. Right. Or like, you know, driving six to eight hours, you know, for GCW. Like it's, it's, it's not glamorous. Right. Like there's like, there's like those things like people don't see, you know, like they see you coming out of the curtain and you wrestling, but it's all the other things that you don't see. That's like a very small part. I feel like, cause if you think about it, right. Like, let's say, let's say I'm wrestling in Dayton, Ohio. That's a seven hour one way. Right for a 10-minute match. That little 10-minute, it's worth it, right? But when you think of time and you think of all that, with, with all that, it's I always try to tell everybody or I even tell myself where it's like, you just got to keep going. That's like the biggest thing. Like, that's how a lot of these guys, like, make it honestly or you know whatever 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 that means right like i don't know what that means like my my saying might be different than jeremy's saying or it might be different than than steven's saying you know like maybe my my dreams and aspirations are different than yours maybe yours is wwe maybe mine's japan i don't know like you know so or it could be it could be anything i don't know or making making money and getting the wrestle on somebody else's dime that's kind of cool uh so I don't know. I, I, and, I, and I really don't know what it is, right? Like, I would love to do all those things, but you never know. And I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. 
and it's as the cliche thing it's all it's all about the journey man you know like or whatever the hell they say and try, i try to live by that so yeah well, i hope speaking you know, that answers no that it does for sure you know speaking of that that whole journey and some of some of the guys you just mentioned how did you get linked up and like so close with the rest of the guys from the sgc and like and alley catch i mean i always kind of yeah i was always with, there with her, like so, yeah, um, yeah. If you think about it, outside of Effie, we were all kind of Midwest guys, right? Like, you know, Mance is in the Midwest. Justice is in the Midwest. Allie's obviously from Texas, but at the time when we all became friends, she was living in Indiana. She was living in Ohio, right? We all have, like, the same bond of, like, we love wrestling and we'll make it work, whatever that means, right? So when that was, like, all happening – we were all in IWA together. We were all in AIW together. Um, we got really close in AIW a lot. Um, that was like the first start of it all. Because um, we had Eddie Kingston around. And right. and Eddie's kind of like all of us. Or I guess we're all kind of like Eddie. Where, you know, we want to do it for a long time. Uh, we weren't the first pick, right? For, in everybody's minds. Right, we're not like the chosen ones or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, we all just kept going, we keep grinding, and you know, we live and breathe this. So, like, I feel like that kind of gravitated to all of us. So, we all became friends, and obviously, you know, after shows and stuff, you know, hang out and have a couple beers at a, at the at the bar and and at AIW and. Well, just became friends that way. And then it kind of just flourished where it was like, here's guys like Mance who's like been through the ringer. Justice has been through the ringer, right? He used to be in WWE and he's traveled around. He's been doing it for, you know, over a decade. Uh, and then like, obviously there's Eddie, right? Who's been, who's done it all, you know? And like, here's a, like a young guy like me who was kind of sinking his teeth in like that. So they kind of like, you know, kind of like gravitated or I kind of gravitated towards them and they kind of took me under their wing. And then it's almost like bone street crew in a way where like you have all these like walks of life and all these different things. And like when we finally like put it on camera, um, cause you know, obviously fans like go to after parties and stuff and they see all hanging out and we all kind of just like, we're like, yeah, like let's do it. And then like AIW was like the first one that kind of did it. Um, by this time, Eddie's not around. You know, he gets signed to AEW. So, because of that, now it's now now there's me into it, and then that flourished into AAW, and then that flourished into GCW, and then that's when we kind of all met similar guys like Effie. So, like, and it just kind of all just kind of all works out. And then now we have a group chat, and we text about it every day, and it could be about wrestling or life or our problems or whatever it is so yeah it's, it's pretty pretty sweet I've, I've always loved the group dynamic because of pretty much everything you just said and like and a lot of like newer fans probably don't even know how eddie kingston is like is involved you know what i mean because you don't see him with y'all yeah nowadays no, you know yeah. so um but he was obviously a humongous part of that when it was all kicking off um absolutely and, you know, someone – or AIW, obviously, that, that's another great company. 
love AIW and, and somebody who's done really well there that I actually got to see you wrestle against. Just wanted to just get an opinion on this performer. Um, I, I I was in the basement East years ago. I watched you wrestle one of the just damnedest, just y'all beat the hell out of each other. You and Joshua Bishop. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he's right. another guy that like, he like, he's not an SGC. Like he does his own thing and that's fine, but he's always hanging out with us. Well, him and Justice will always be linked by like yeah, the always spots be. that they've. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was there for all of it. it <laughs> I remember, I remember like a week or maybe it was a week or two before that spot off the Odeon. Yeah. Uh, them talking about it in, at the basement he's at, at Seth because they were all there. I think I'm trying to remember who Justice wrestler. I think it might have been Warhorse, maybe. Uh, oh, I probably. Yeah, they. I remember they did have a match with each other. Yeah, which was which was nuts. Yeah, yeah. I remember them talking about it, and I'm just like, "There's no way. There's no <laughs> way." By the way, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Matthew Justice did a like a a diving like Death Valley driver off this balcony. Like we didn't throw Bishop; they went together off of this thing. Like at least uh, like twenty feet in the air. Yeah, through yeah. Uh, like uh, like a few tables and just yeah, like, on the ground. Tables, like four tables, and I think only two of them broke. Yeah, because <laughs> they missed. It. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's and one of the few like, times. I've, that's one of the few times, by the way, I've, I've checked up on a wrestler. Like, I I I I DM Josh after that, and I was like, dude, are you alive right now? Like, what was that? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm still breathing. They're just like, all right, like you're good, I guess. Like you're y'all are crazy. That kind of like really reamped uh, Justice's career, I feel like, because right when that happened, it like he like took off in GCW and everything like that. And uh, you can't say I can't say it reamped Justice's career because Justice's career was just beginning. Because you know he's like twenty five, which is oh, freaking, which is freaking nuts. Oh man, I mean, he, watching... might, he might be twenty six now, right now, but either way. Dude's still young and he's still killing it, and he's the man. There's no doubt. There's nothing else to say with him. He's the man. They both are. They're both crazy. I've seen a lot of evolution out of Bishop over the years. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, with the slutty cat persona that he once was. I yeah, I've I've I wasn't around when that was happening, but I definitely heard myself. it was it was awesome. Him and him and Alley Catch had a great little rivalry. Like Red Sup was starting up, um, and that was before you'd come in. That's right. But yeah, um, that's yeah. I'm just I, I love talking to any like kind of like Sup OG wrestlers like you guys because there's so much great history in that scene and, and like not just Sup but action and that that whole that whole Southeast scene. But what's so cool about it is it parlays so well for y'all into like the whole the whole country because you guys are you're, you're everywhere now. Not you know which is just yeah just awesome. No, it definitely like that's why like I think the southeast is so great because like you know everybody talks about the northeast, everybody talks about the east coast, or how it's like the best wrestling you can find, and obviously obviously WWF or WWE or WWF, what do you want to call them? Right, that's kind of where they all started, and that Square Garden's this big deal and all these kind of things. But it's like, yeah, you're right, but also too like look at the southeast, man, like like. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it really, it really did. Like, when Sup was first starting, I remember like looking on Twitter and like seeing these guys when like it was guys like 
uh, Karen Stallion, guys like Mance, guys like MJF, guys like uh, girls like Allie, like Dom Koo, uh, the Carnies. Like you had all these people, and it was like there's something here, and I want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And I like they really gravitated to that and all that. And it, it makes it makes it sweet when you have people that all kind of think the same mindset as you. You know, so freaking awesome. <laughs> and honestly, like that was the be, like going off of like because of sup is the reason why like a lot of these guys wrestle on like MLW and GCW and New Japan and AEW and WWE like uh, or Impact even like you know like this goes on where like because I did that SCI weekend 2019. It made people like Brett Lauderdale and people like Drew from Beyond and and stuff make me. They were like, "Okay, there's someone with this kid. Let's use him. See what he let's see what he can do." You know what I mean? And then you, you make it work. I wanted to ask about MLW because Ants kind of had the the falling out with with uh, MLW, um, and then we saw him return. And it was not just Mance who came. He brought the entire crew with him. So how yeah. did that relationship, uh, to, to the best of your knowledge, like kind of get repaired? And not only did it get repaired, it was like, all right, I'm coming and they're coming with me. Uh, I think like at the time when he was like signed to a contract, um, he obviously didn't want to do it anymore because of other things that were happening or going to happen. And uh, I guess they wouldn't let him out of it. And uh, he was like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to pay my way out of it like some other people have done. Um, I'm not going to say names um, and, and stuff like that. And uh, Mance is a grinder, right? That's why that's why he's like one of my best friends because like we all think the same. And uh, when his, finally, his contract finally got up, he was out. And then the next night he gets hurt, <laughs> hurts his leg. And then, uh, then he's out for like eight months or maybe even longer. I don't, I can't, they all kind of blends together, but I mean, he had a serious leg injury, right? He broke his leg. And, uh, I think like I, Mance's Mance has a certain energy that not many people have. Right. And I think court and some of the MLW people kind of realize that and, uh, you know, time and place and money kind of all kind of talks itself. And uh, they figured out some type of deal. And then as that was happening, when he came back, we were all doing all this SGC stuff, you know, especially him and Matt, you know, being tag team champions at GCW and all this kind of stuff. And um, me being kind of local, moving to New Jersey, you know, since they're running the arena a lot, it kind of all just kind of made itself work. And they were like, we want to use all these guys because – SCC is kind of a kind of a big deal, for lack of a better word. You know, we were running everywhere, and then I guess Court realized it and saw it, and then here we are. It was just crazy, yeah. So that's kind of like how it all kind of went. There's some other stuff too, but I don't want to I don't want to say it all. But it's it's that's that's pretty like when I and what I mean by that, it's like certain money stuff, but like it. Sure, it, sure. It, it it all it all worked out and we have a great time there like 
we obviously, you know, obviously we do all the things for MLW, whatever court wants to do and whatever he wants to ask. And um, when we go out there, it's it's pretty sweet and uh, it's, a, it's a cool deal. And MLW is a great place and people can shit talk it all they want or whatever, but that's all for the birds, man. So, yeah, I don't yeah. understand. I think the only I think the only bad rap MLW had that I think was legitimate gripe was the delay between when they were taping their shows and when people could watch them. Now they've yeah. they've closed that gap significantly to where things are airing a lot faster yeah. and the pay-per-views are live, which is yes. massive. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think honestly, like because because to be fair, the MLW pay-per-view that Charles just ran, that ran on the same night at the same time as CM Punk wrestling on collision as UFC's uh, Robbie Lawler had his retirement fight at the same time this was going on. Um, there was also a GCW event, I think, at the same exact time. There so, was I mean, too I, much fucking wrestling that day. Right. And so, but so MLW. There really was. That's like been a problem lately, I feel like. We're like, I feel like before the pandemic, everybody worked with each other. Yes. Which, like, obviously, like, obviously, like, certain companies ain't going to work with each other, but like, it's just like, there was like all that you just said. And then on top of it, you had GCW revolver and West coast pro all running all at the same time. Like at least right. uh, West coast ran a little bit later in the night, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, like, Yeah. It's like, you had all these shows and I'm sitting here like I'm booked at all these places. And like, I have to pick one now. Like, damn, like, which is not a, it's not a bad problem to have obviously, but like, it's just crazy. That day was crazy. It really was. Well, like, yeah. So my point for MLW though with that was that even though all that was going on, I still saw a lot of people tweeting about the show. Like there were still people tuning in for MLW that were enjoying it. There was a lot of big title changes. You know, I, you mentioned Alex Kane. I'm a big fan of his. Have been for a long time, and it's yeah. great seeing him succeeding. So like y'all have a ton of great talent in MLW, in, including. I wanted to get kind of your opinion on this. Just if there's any differences, or just like if it's cool, or like just kind of um, how things have worked out. Where like. Like the calling for MLW, for instance, right. I think yeah. they're a really interesting group. I like I like Raven. I've liked him since you know I was a little yeah, kid right. in ECW, yeah. right? And and like in his group, you got Akira, who's a, a guy who's grinded the southeast part of the KOBK crew with Brett Ice yeah. and those dudes. You've got RSP, who you worked with plenty, I'm sure. You know at the yeah. time, you know in, in GCW. So it's like all y'all still like wound up. Like it, it's 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 funny how small of a world wrestling can be, where like. These people you've worked with year after year in all these different places, you just like wind up in the same spot. And I think y'all got a lot of cool stuff. Like you got the SGC doing their thing, you got the calling doing their thing, you got Alice Kane doing his thing. I think it's a good product. You got the fought, you got fought two and everything going on. I mean, they found like what works and who they like. And I mean, obviously everything goes in waves, but like having, I think this group at MLW has probably been one of the best. Cause like for a while, for a while, I feel like it was always like guys that were, um, I don't want to say signed everywhere else, but like when you think of certain people, you don't think of. I'm trying. I'm trying to explain this well. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, some of their old shows, right? You had a lot of people that like they were everywhere. Like, they didn't have their own core guys. But, like, at the same time, too, like, obviously, we're all everywhere, too. But it's, like, I feel like now it's more, like, like MLW guys. And then it's, like, it's not, like, just some big name 
I mean, obviously you get you get a few, right? But like, I don't know how to explain. Well, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying because also without without the delay issues I'm talking about, you're not going to run into problems like having Karrion Cross on the show six months and him returning to the WWE. Yeah, like, you know, like like that, like that kind of stuff, and like names like that. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's cool to have guys like like Killian Cross or sure or Killer Cross and John Morrison and like all these people too. Like it was pretty. Like when we talked about earlier, like like people like you wrestled with, like one of the like recent things in my brain that I was like, holy shit, I'm in the ring doing a spot with John Morrison. That's wild. I watched John Morrison when I was a kid. It's crazy. And then like being in a ring with him, I was like, holy shit. All right. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, man. What do you want to do? You know, like it's pretty wild. Like it's John Morrison, like, you know? Yeah. Um, very cool guy. We we had we had the opportunity to interview him uh, earlier this year, and he was he's a strange super cat, super nice. But I, I dig it. Yeah, because he's a strange cat. I love it. I feel it's like he's awesome. having some early mornings, man. I feel like he's having early mornings. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but the anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but but no, John Morrison. It's cool to see a guy who's accomplished so much, has been around for so long, be like that though. Just like go to the like maybe the more up and coming town and be like, "Yo, what do you want to do?" Like I'm cool with whatever. Yeah, it's wild to me. And like even like Raven, like it's fucking Raven, <laughs> yeah, and he's awesome. like hanging out and like has his like points and like his certain things. Like I remember when I wrestled Ricky at MLW, we had this whole like spot where like when when Raven comes in, just don't touch him. Right, because he's you know Raven's been Raven's. We talk about being through the ringer. Raven's been through the ringer, and like, and that's not a bad thing. It's like guys put his time in, right? And it's it's cool. Uh, and like, uh, I remember like when he came in, I, I was like so in the zone, and I like, I almost like hit him, and I was like, oh shit, I can't hit him. And I turn around and like start hitting somebody else. It was, it was just like it was just wild to me. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna get in trouble, but everything's alright. <laughs> So, so you were not allowed to to hit Raven. Was Raven just not? He wasn't even bumping. He or was that just out of respect? Part of the spot, or was that just the, the rule? We're not we're not hitting Raven. Held Raven. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it was both. It's like it's like it's for the spot and for the moment, and then also too like Raven doesn't need to do that. He's already put it. He paid his dues. You <laughs> yeah, know, we're I mean? smarter, not harder. Yeah, we're smarter, not harder. Like I would hope yeah. to be like that one day if I if I'm in there that long. But you know what I mean? Like. But, like, the, the best part with Raven is, like, when you have, like, the like the objective sometimes is, you're not going to get it all the time, but the objective a lot of it is, is in order for you to be a better wrestler, right, or a better entertainer, performer, whatever you want to call it, you got to be with people that are better than you. And, like, somebody like Raven in the locker room with you, where, like, he can cut a promo. He can work. He can, you know, he can he can do it all. And he's been through it all obviously right and like having somebody like that and then him just coming up to you being like hey cowboy man that was pretty good uh this is what i would do next time or like or like he'll think like he'll tell you things that make you think like way way out of the spectrum where it's like holy shit all right instead of me pigeonholing myself in tunnel vision of just pro wrestling think of like expanding of like life you know and like because like not many people can understand wrestling but a lot of people are going to understand the experiences of like everyday life and it's just it's like those kind of things it's just like damn like it's awesome to have guys like that and it's made me a better not even just a better wrestler a better person so 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's wild seeing Raven still out there and involved and it's something that I think like makes sense and is good on the show. Yeah. Like legitimately you don't even have to be there. You know what I mean? Like if I was in my sixties, I'd probably would want to retire. You know what I mean? <laughs> and enjoy life. But like at the same time, the old saying of you know, uh what is it? It's like if you're not working or whatever, or if you love what you do, you're not, you don't have to work a day in your life. And like, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. What was the quote, by the way? Uh, it's not the size of the fight of the dog. It's, uh, (laughs) I popped him. That's great. I'm broke, man. I I didn't realize. Okay. So this is how my head was going. That was one of the best weekends of my life. Not even the, like the, like the, obviously winning the thing, like even like personal stuff too, like in a way, but also like a lot of shit's happened in my life. Like till then, like personal that like are pretty much my lowest of lows were like, you know, like with relationships and shit like that and like all that kind of stuff. And like, so you got all these things going through your head and like they tell you you're going to win the tournament and you're like, holy shit. Okay. This is actually happening. And then like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, like for me, it, it never, it doesn't really hit me until it happens. Like, I remember like when I wrestled like Nick Gage, for example, like people would come up to me and be like, oh, you ready? You ready? And I'm like, it's fucking Tuesday. <laughs> like, it's at, the show's on Saturday. Like, <laughs> like no. Like, but like some people would be like, oh yeah, I'm super excited. But like me, it's like, ah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's all, I've always been that way since I was a kid, like playing football and all that stuff. And like, uh, like when it happened, like literally, like when the when the pin happened, and the like like the trophy was presented, it's just like the full adrenaline of emotions and everything just hit you, and it's like, holy shit, man! Like you know, so like, I never thought of like, hey, I should probably like think of like some things for this speech, and I didn't at all. Normally, I like think a little bit where it's like, hey, here's some blueprints or bullet points. Like I like it's it's even like with my matches like I don't really like I try to have bullet points I don't like doing A to Z some people do I'm not saying it doesn't work um, and I've done both but like I know like I it might be because like the sports and like being aware and having awareness and stuff and like feeling the moment and like I didn't have any of that so when they gave me the mic and I cut a promo I'm like fuck I don't know what to say but then I thought of like a like an old thing like my mom used to always tell me. And, like, when I was totally speaking, I totally, like, didn't say it right. And I was like, something like that. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and everybody. You played it off fine. I mean, (laughs) everyone everyone knew what you meant. It was very hard. It was very very obvious, by the way, in a good way. You were just speaking from the heart. That wasn't, like, a pre-planned. No. Yeah. Not at all. And I just was like, damn. And that was, like, one of the things, like, I remember, like, being a kid, like, it's not the size of the was I, I don't even know if I, I don't know. It I, 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 I I'm gonna mess it up myself. I'm afraid they say it's the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. That's, That's it. Yes. You nailed it. And yeah. like Boom. I've heard that since I was a little kid, and and like believe it or not, right? Like in the world of football, I'm not the biggest guy. You know what I mean? Like when we talk about like the trenches of Division One football, like. Especially at like a big ten school like Iowa, dude. We had our offensive line average six foot six, three hundred pounds. I am not six foot six, three hundred pounds. Barely six foot, two hundred forty pounds. Like you know what I mean? Like so, it's like that was all that always stuck with me. 
like that saying, even though I couldn't say right because of the emotions and just not thinking it. And I was like, oh, well, this is in my left pocket because that's how I always believe myself. And like, it's wild. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I was like, <laughs> I totally fucked this up. <laughs> all right, whatever. No, it was all good. They, they know what I'm talking about. Well, that <laughs> was in front of like, that's that's your people too, that crowd in the TW arena. Like, those are all Manders fans in there. Like, yeah. you just said anything and it would have been. I bet if I would have said that in AC or Philly, they probably would have tore my ass. <laughs> you know? So. Hey, well, speaking of like, other places um it was just announced me and jeremy so this interview runs as like a part of our of our uh, thursday morning show so we'll th- we'll do some topics before this interview and something we're going to talk about that people would have just heard us talk about a little bit is uh gcw just announced that they're going to be doing cork and hall in uh in japan which is yeah. uh unreal so is that a show that you plan to be a part of and do you have any opponent you would like to wrestle on that i would love to be a part of that but i haven't heard nothing oh um, who to wrestle? <sighs> There's so many guys. Um, I don't know. I uh, I haven't heard nothing from Brett or anything. Um, I know we have other stuff planned that we're doing that's international, which will be sick. And probably in the next month, you'll probably hear about it. Um. And it's almost like a, a, a gate opener for other things that I know is in the works. So it'll be pretty sweet. And uh, I don't want to say it all yet. But, That's yes. but yes. Oh, we like, get some scoops here. Let's, I mean, let's try to, what, try like, to get some scoops. We can always edit out. things out, too. We can always bleep things. Yeah, I said like, international. So if you think yeah. it, it, it's still yeah. associated with GCW. So right. there's that. But it's not, sure. it's not Corrigan Hall. I haven't heard nothing. Okay, I didn't mean to bring that up. By the way, is like, no, uh, no, like totally you know, I, I would love to be a part of it. And if and if you guys want to, people will see this. So so Brett, hey, if you Brett, hey Brett, Morgan Hall, one called Manders, that'd be kind of sick. That would be incredibly sick. It'd be incredible. Yeah. That's kind of like a. Obviously, you have bucket list of things, but like every, I think I think it's pretty well known that I I'm very. I love Japanese wrestling. I think the Japanese culture is sick. It's not because I'm a cowboy. It's because of like, it's just it's just the way they they operate and the way they tell stories. Really, really, really speaks to me. I don't know if it's because of being a of being a football player and like all that kind of stuff and me loving all Japan pro wrestling of like the guidance of like Doctor Death and Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy and Bruiser Brody and Terry Funk and Dory Funk and the list goes on right. Duel the Butcher, all that, and it's like. Yeah, Corgan Hall would be sick. That's like my that'd be like my Madison Square Garden. You know? Oh man, okay, we gotta make this happen now. Yeah, man, I, come on. Man. I, think, <laughs> I think you know when you manifest stuff, it, yeah. it'll happen. I don't know when it will happen, but I'm sure down the line somewhere it'll happen. Yeah, if it's not okay. then, it'll be some some other time. And cool. honestly, it'll all it'll all work out. And that's and that's the way I that's the way I try to. That's the way I try to operate, and I don't know if that's because of Mance. Mance has been a real uh, opportunist lately and a positive thinker, and, and being around people like that is awesome. So, yeah, I don't know yet. I hope okay. so. Well, well, how about, like, in general? Are there is there other people you haven't wrestled? I mean, there's there's obviously, like, there's, like, the realistic, like, immediate opportunities of, like, people who would be available. But, like, if you can kind of almost put it in two categories of, like, 
people you'd like to wrestle that are available like right now that you haven't been able to, and then maybe people long-term that might not be available that maybe a little bit down the line, you'd, you'd really like to wrestle that you might be like a fan of. The one that pops in my brain is June Kasai. That'd be pretty sick. Oh yeah. I'm, oh, not, wow. even, I'm not even a big, like I love deathmatch wrestling, but like, I don't think people would put me as a deathmatch wrestler. Something about him that just, you just gravitate towards. He's like Effie, you know what I mean? And uh, being around him and, and seeing how he operates and watching his matches, obviously, and watching all of his shit from when I was a teenager where it's like, that'd be sick. Uh, another guy would be Mox. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. you know, having Mance wrestling was sick. Um, obviously, tagging with Mox was sick. <laughs> we we did that at Revolver. We did an eight man where it was SGC and Mox versus Rascals and RSP, and just having someone who's at that pecking order of the tippy tippy top, the one percent of he is, you know, the guy, and like having him just say some things that like we all say was mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the way he operates, the way he thinks, the way he does things. And, and we all sat there and we're like, I mean, obviously him and justice, I don't, many people probably don't know this. Like, like him and justice, like we're in, uh, FCW, FCW together. Yeah. And like, so there's history there. And we're like, just like, just how he operates and how he thinks of like, like certain spots in wrestling or certain like things. And like all that kind of stuff, like it made us like, holy shit! Like here's a guy that's the tippy top of pro wrestling, where we all we all inspire, want to be, and he kind of thinks like us. And it's and it's and it's because sometimes we'll like be in the car, and you know we're driving somewhere, or we're kind of just all just sitting there, kind of just talking and thinking. And it's like sometimes we think like, man, like is the business different than what we actually think it is? You know, like you have all these other there's, there's no wrong in wrestling, right? But there's many rights. And, like, we sometimes, like, feel like the way we think and operate in wrestling, it doesn't really doesn't really work versus, like, all these other things that are happening. So we're kind of, like, wondering, like, is it us that's the problem? Or is it them that's the problem? Or is it both? I don't know. But then having Mox around that whole night and that experience, or even, like, obviously Mox has been on a bunch of shows with us for Revolver, and it's, like, we, we get we get like little breadcrumbs. We're like, huh, okay. And then we finally had the match with him, and he like literally like we we're like, yeah, like he does think like us, and that's sick. And it, it kind of inspires us to be like, okay, well, we're actually doing something. If if like he thinks the same as us, so yeah. So Mox would be another one. Um, <laughs> fucking Sammy, I saw Sammy on Sunday. And Wait, which making- Sammy? Which Sammy? Yeah. You got to specify. Callahan, sorry. Oh, okay, Sammy Callahan. Gotcha. I saw Callahan <laughs> at, at uh, Prestige in Asbury Park Sunday. I didn't even know he was going to be there. And uh, I walk in the walk- locker room, and we were, you know, we were just like talking or whatever. And then um, he was like, "Yeah," uh, he's like, "So third, you're doing this, this, and this." And he's like, "We almost had you versus Mox." And I was like, "Why would you say that to me? Oh. Why would you say that to me? Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? Come on, you know." We're like <laughs> now I'm he's sure got to deliver. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's one of those things like Corgan Hall where like I'm sure it'll manifest and it'll definitely happen somewhere. 
eventually. I don't know. And it was kind of cool, like, Mox, because, like, after the show, like, Mox kind of, like, took a liking to me for a little bit. I don't know why, but he just started asking questions, and I, I've obviously met before Black and Brave. I mean, he probably don't know that, but, like, no, I was just telling him some of my backstory, and he was like, oh, shit, he was like, you're a Tyler Black kid, all right. And then, like, he just went on this whole rant about him and Black, on, like, on the Indies and, and FCW together, and that was pretty funny. And, you know, I was texting, uh, I guess, Colby Lopez or whatever, whatever you want to call him. I was texting Rollins about it, and he just was, he was like, that's sick, man. Like, you know, like, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, those would be the two. I think Eddie Kingston would be one. It was supposed to happen, and it's never happened. Supposed to happen to AIW when he was still on the Indies. Um, that didn't happen. Um, if so you want to call out, if you want to call out uh, Callahan for not booking the Moxley match, and just give me, like, give me just a nice headline to write out of this article, <laughs> and then we can just manifest it through that. Like one call, that's true. Manders says. You you'd be surprised at how many stuff we've manifested just through headlines. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. By the way, the guy we're speaking right now to the guy who writes the headlines for the website, Jeremy Lambert. So if you if you right. want to make a call out that's going to go on the internet, we will actually put it in print <laughs> and put it out there for you. So Sammy Callahan told me he was going to book me against John Moxley, and then it's on the internet, and then Callahan's like, "Well, sh- now I got to do it." Shit. I might get I might get heat for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, are telling, why are you telling? Why you telling people this, man? Mander's <laughs> disappointed that he isn't booked for Cork and all. And then yeah. boom, we'll send it right to Brett. Send it yeah, right yeah, to Brett. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but I bet it's one of those other things too that like Brett runs so many goddamn shows, right? Yes. That like he probably hadn't even like thought of the car. No, game. and I'm just I'm just joking around. By the way, I mean obviously I hope that you get whatever you're. you're Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask about Japan, regardless, like whether it would yeah. be GCW or whether it just be you maybe, know, get a, maybe, maybe, maybe it color. should be like, like, uh, like Manders wants Japan or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we can that do that. Work. That would okay. Work. Yeah. I, I, I would approve of that. <laughs> okay. Cool. And then and, hey, we can throw in there. Yeah. Once Russell June Kasai, potentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that works. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we'll manifest all of this. She can hear cool. Erie be another one. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean he and he does a lot in the States. I got to see him live at the Atlanta Atlanta show at uh Center Stage. Uh, yeah. him and Cole Radrick one on one. Yeah, that match was sick. Yeah, he um, is, man. I used to there was for like a solid two weeks where when he was living with Sammy and I was running with the Ohio crew a little bit and uh we kind of were like on the same shows like for like a week or two. And I basically like drove him everywhere and me and Chiggy like came pretty close because of that. And uh, we never got to wrestle. And uh, obviously, because he was all the way up here and I was like cutting my teeth in. But then. Some tournament somewhere internationally, right? Pretty recently. And that might be something that's going to happen here in about a month or so, or two months or so. So there's the bit put in. But now you. <laughs> Now you can figure out what I was saying. So um, maybe it's there. I don't know. I see the breadcrumbs. You're dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like I it. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick too, based on uh, you know talking so much about mocks there, 
Um, I thought it was really cool personally as a fan, and I'm sure you'd feel the same way as one of the talents at GCW, but like, you know, in a, you know, in certain, in a certain sense, I would like the GCW champion to be someone who's there often. Like I'm really yeah. like, well, Blake Christian with the title. I think he's killing it. I love Masha having the title when she did. Nick Gage is obviously the face of the brand, but yeah. like, but like having Mox there, what did that mean to like the whole brand of GCW? Just having him even just involved because I felt like there was so much buzz for just like people who have no idea what GCW really even is. And they were like, wait, Mox is on this. I got it. He's the champion of this. I got to see what this is. And then he wrestled a lot of like up and coming talent. He didn't just come in there and like kill everyone. He like raised a lot of people with him. I felt like. Yeah. 100%. Uh, that was at the time when like, I feel like GCW went from like an indie promotion to like like uh i don't even know what the, like the next like top would be just like a like a legit company i guess i don't know, like for lack of a better word um yeah or a top tier promotion like it like like when we like i guess when sometimes when we talk about like what's the top promotion like we obviously obviously wwe AEW. like i would put gcw up in those categories I would too, especially at the time around Hammerstein. That that yeah yeah. I mean that was definitely like that was like yeah. their like hey coming out party kind of thing. Yes, well, even though like maybe some people say it was it wasn't delivered, but I mean, there was there was limitations on what they could do. That I mean I get it with and it's New, also New York's, bringing, New York's brutal. New York's yeah. brutal. Um, like we had that problem at War Games for MLW. Like you advertise this as War Games, right? And you do this at Melrose where I don't think it was like, it's not like court's fault or anything, but it's just, it's Melrose. It's New York's pretty strict where like you can't really bleed and you can't really do crazy spots. And like, we did like two crazy spots and like two people bled and like, they went absolutely like bananas over it. Like in, in the sense of like, what the fuck? Not like the fans, but like, right. When you see, when you've seen us do war games at GCW, then you see all the crazy shit we've all done. And then, like, here's Melrose where you can't really do much. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Hammerstein, you can only do so much. And that might be because of history's past of ECW doing crazy shit or, or Ring of Honor or whatever. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, I, I would feel like uh, Mox being around was, like, the first, like, you can bring outside talent. Like he was like the stepping stone of like, or he was the flag bearer or he was the uh, whatever you want to call it, where he was like the guy where like, okay, like you brought in guys like Cardona, you brought in guys like Vikingo, you brought in guys like, you know, list goes on who's been in GCW um, that aren't your normal regulars. And it made it a big deal, I think. And it's, it's pretty sick when you have that. And we talk about how, earlier where you want to be with people that have been been around way more than you you know what i mean they're better than you in a way so it's like it's sick do you have any this is some follow-up for the hammer sign show do you have any backstage knowledge on what the hell happened between this whole effie and jeff jarrett stuff i don't know how that all like i feel like there was a lot left on the table there that didn't get materialized for all of us as fans and I felt like Effie should have won that match. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I would agree, too. Yeah. Um, I guess the best I could say is Jeff Jarrett being Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. That, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but, man, he went on a hell of a run, too, there for a hot he minute, did. right? Like, he did. Like, he did. He, like, was everywhere. And then, like, 
he then he like worked for WWE and then like did something right. for him and then like all of a sudden he like was doing the Ric Flair show that we were all a part of, which was sick. Um, How was that, by the way? That was really cool. Y'all were on the stage with him at the end of the show as like everyone was celebrating. Yeah, like that whole weekend was was absolutely wild in, in every shape or form. Um, being a part of that was was it's fucking Ric Flair, dude. Like the greatest of all time, probably, or at least in the Mount Rushmore or whatever you want to call it. And uh, obviously, too, like Conrad likes GCW, and like we did the Nashville show and 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 all that, and being a part of something that was probably like the biggest indie like show to date. They said, yeah, it was, like ten thousand people or something. Probably outside of All Out or All In or whatever yeah, it's called. It, would be it was the Nashville Municipal, correct? I think it was the, the, I think it was the yeah, Nashville yeah, yeah, Municipal yes. Auditorium. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. a legendary place. Yes. Um, so, like, it was just pretty sick where you're like, you have, like, these certain milestones. You don't know what they're going to be, but you know when it, like, means something or it's a big deal. And, of course, you have some guidelines of, like, for example, like, Corgan Hall or, like, or, like, Mad Square Garden or, like, these other events and stuff, but like when it happens, you're like, Oh shit, this was really happening. It was pretty sweet. And, uh, being a part of that battle Royal, you know, pre-show or not, whatever, who cares? Um, yeah, being a part of it was pretty sweet. And like having the, making GCW like, a, like a big deal, which, which, which it is, but like having that, like them, like all of us coming in, looking like we were going to like take owner of it. And then having Mance win, which made Mance do AEW Rampage versus Mox. Um, it's, it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick when all that happens, especially when your yeah. friends are doing it with you. So. Oh, for sure. It was, it was bizarre in like the coolest way. Like that show was ending and you see Ric Flair's like hugging like Jimmy Lloyd and Blake Christian. And you're like, what? like how did Jimmy Lloyd wind up here? This is, this is amazing. <laughs> Jimmy is one of the most interesting, like, you know, like the Dos Equis commercials, like the most interesting <laughs> one. It's, it's Jimmy's like the most interesting boy. He's one of my favorites, by the way. I'm not making fun of the man. I love the guy. No, like, it's fun to make fun of Jimmy, but also, <laughs> too, like, we all know, like, SGC, we all know Jimmy makes makes the wheel spin. He really does in every way, shape, or form. Jimmy, Jimmy is, Jimmy's the man. I love Jimmy. And uh, it's pretty awesome having him in MLW. Like we, we pitched the court. Like you guys should book Jimmy. And court had no idea who Jimmy Lloyd was. But then when we did that uh, battle riot, and you had all these guys. Oh, you! I think you oh, muted you yourself. Managed. Yes. You know, there you go. Oh, you're good now. You're good now. I think. <laughs> I think it was I don't know what I did. Um, <laughs> when you have all these big names that were in the battle riot, right? And like the biggest pop of the whole night was Jimmy Lloyd. And Court was yes. like mind blowing. It was awesome. And it's like told you. <laughs> like Jimmy oh, Lloyd man. in Philly is the most over dude or, or over anyone. I don't care who it is. Hulk Hogan come in the building and freaking, or, you know what I mean? Or Ric Flair come to the building and Jimmy Lloyd would still be over way more. 
it's awesome. Hurt business member Jimmy Lloyd. That's, That's my, right. my favorite Jimmy Lloyd thing is he got the yeah. Hurt Business shirt at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> so he was wearing his GCW shirt like he always does. Yeah. And they were like, no, dude, you can't wear that. And he's like, okay, I'll wear this. And then like, it became a whole thing. It was awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And Jimmy, I, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy just goes with it. That's what we love about him. He just goes with the wind. I, I, got a, I got a quick interview with Jimmy, like, with it was probably about a year or so ago at like one of the Atlanta um, center stage events for GCW. And he mentioned to me that one of his dream matches is Jeff Hardy. And like, lo and behold, Jeff Hardy is going to be appearing at GCW soon, which Brett has said he isn't planning to wrestle, but like just the fact that Jeff Hardy is now affiliated at all with GCW seems pretty cool to me. And it's because of guys like Mox. Yeah. It's because of guys like Gage. And you know, like all the regulars and all that kind of stuff, and like what we've put in, and it's pretty freaking sweet that Jeff Hardy is going to be there, whether he's wrestling or not. Some people were shitting on it, I saw, but it's like, come on, yeah, it's come cool on. that he just wants to be involved yeah. at all. Like that's that, that's yeah. awesome. And I mean, can you can you speak a bit more towards, especially to maybe some like the our audience who might not be as like familiar with like GCW specifically, how important Nick Gage is just in general to like GCW and just like the whole scene. I, I I have a I have a thing in my head and I don't know if I should explain it like this. I'm not a religious person at all, right? Um, but if I had to say like GCW is a religion, right? Nick Gage is like our Jesus Christ. Sure. In the sense of like the 20 plus years that dude's been through the ringer. When I talk about ringers, like he's been through the ring of fire, where he literally, in the audience of hardcore wrestling and deathmatch wrestling, especially where that's what BCW's bread and butter is. And through the triumphs and tribulations of Nick Gage, where he literally died in the ring and came back to life and been through prison. Talk about highs to highs and lows to lows. That guy's been through that. And, like, people gravitate towards, like, people who are real and have gone through shit, and he's the perfect example of that. And especially like a successful story like Nick. It's not the most glamorous way to get through and be successful, but people can gravitate and and understand that. And I think that's what makes Nick Gage so great. And that's why he's a big deal to us. And he's the whole reason. I mean, there's other people, but he's the whole reason why GCW was created, why GCW is the way it is because of guys like Nick Gage and And, and overall of that, he has a certain energy about him. Like, when you think of, like, great coaches, right, like, I'm trying to think of coaches, like Joe Gibbs or, like, Vince Lombardi or, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, they have a certain presence and energy about him that, like, makes you a better performer. And Nick has that. There was a time where, uh, in the pandemic, where Nick wasn't around. He got hurt. It was actually yeah, one of my matches at Beyond. It was a six man tag. But uh, talk about a great match. It was me, Justice Mance versus uh, Dickinson, Gage, and Deppin. Sounds great on paper. And uh, that's when Nick got hurt or whatever. But like, there was a time where like Nick wasn't really performing or really around. And like, 
yeah, like GCW flourished, obviously, and like they did, they like we all did well, but like having somebody like that not in the locker room definitely showed like a something's off today. I don't know what it is, but then we all like think about it, and it's like no, it's because of Nick. Like Nick makes Nick makes the wrestling better, just him being there, you know, and that's what that's what he holds that maybe people don't maybe not know. There's a certain presence about him that makes you a better performer, and. uh it's just the intensity he brings, man. The attitude, uh, the excitement, the all that. And that's what Nick does. Nick's awesome for that. I want to ask about um, – this, this is my last one because you've been very generous with your, yes. your time tonight. Uh, but I, you know, I saw – You already this. talking an hour. Like it just happened. <laughs> it just fucking happens. <laughs> I, I saw this, uh, this beef on Twitter. Beef on Twitter. You and Jordan Oliver – Oh, yeah. three, three stages of hell. What, what is what is your idea for three stages of hell with Jordan Oliver? We were talking about it, and I, I don't even really know. But somebody somebody commented it. I don't know if it was y'all or whoever, but it was like normal match first, second match maybe bull rope match, and then third match whatever Jordan would want to do. Hmm. I feel like it'd be maybe ladder. I don't know. Maybe steel cage. Okay. I don't know. I know that's all kind of hard to do. Um I mean that's one of the greatest matches of all time. I mean, obviously, three stages of hell has been a thing. It's not a, yeah. it's not like an everyday thing, but like the one I can think of is like Austin Triple H. Yeah, yeah. I think that was backlash. Yes. Um. Was no no way out. No, because no, no way, way out, out before WrestleMania. No way out. Yeah. No way out. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm actually wearing an Austin shirt right now. As a matter of fact, just yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's one of my he, he's like one of my favorite wrestlers. Like he's like the whole reason why I wanted to be a wrestler, why I watch wrestling. He was I mean, there's a lot of people that say that, but like he was him and Sting were like my two, but yeah. Um good choices. Yeah. I can't go wrong with those. And like uh I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin, if he if he's not familiar with Manders, he would be a Manders fan. Like I feel like Steve Austin would see you and he'd be like, "This is my kind of guy. Like this is a, a, a in your face, smash mouth, working man yeah. out there in the, in the regular in the regular trunks, drinking beer after the match." Like I've I've met him before. Oh, okay. one time, um, it was the Dallas Mania recently, and uh, it's been a thing every year where me and George Kittle, because we were roommates in college, played football together, all that kind of stuff. Um, just a fast track. We do a thing every year in WrestleMania where we go to WrestleMania. And, uh, and, uh, obviously because George has been so successful in pro football, there's some things we get to do that probably I wouldn't be able to do or a normal fan would do. And, uh, we got backstage and I saw Rollins and, you know, talked to him for a little bit. And then, uh, there's the man himself. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin sitting at catering, wondering, wanted to see George. And I shook his hand, said hello to him. And, you know, he asked me if I was a pro wrestler. And I told him I was a pro wrestler. And he was one of those things, actually, that we were saying earlier where he's like, just keep going, kid. That's all I got to tell you. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of sick. <laughs> I met the man himself. And uh, he's everything you you think of, like, when you – see him on tv you're like yeah that's him that's him for sure what was he eating and catering 
<laughs> he just had coffee. Like he was just drinking coffee. He was like in his like he was in like khaki pants and like uh and like some like gym dad shoes and like he was he had like a sweater vest. Not a sweater vest, like a like a like a one of those like sport jacket things. And he was just sitting there drinking coffee. I was like, what the I was like he's wild. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, now I have a question about Kittle. Did you know what he was doing this past year at Mania when he did it? I was there. I know you're there. Did you, were were you clued in of Was that clued was in? The, uh yeah. no. No. It was not. So we were there like so we went, right? And uh this motherfucker keeps going to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like Obviously, there's a lot of people at Mania, and the bathrooms are long as shit, right? So, like, I get why he's been gone for a while, but it's happened like way too many times, and he's not coming back with beer. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, "Hmm, huh, what are you doing?" You know, but I didn't say that yet. And like, I think it was like a couple segments before, like like three or four, and he was like, uh, "Hey, um, so I didn't tell you this," and I'm like, "Okay, go on," and he's like. Uh, so I'm going to be in this next segment in like, like, in like a couple more. And then he was like, uh, I'm going to clothesline the Miz. Or he said, or he didn't say clothesline. He said, I'm going to Larry at the Miz. What do you think of that? And I was just like, no way. My, <laughs> like, my, my, my move, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. I was like, you're fucking with me right now. Like, you're fucking with me, right? And, and he's like, no. And he's like, I'm serious. Like, me and Pat McAfee. And I was like, that's sick. Okay, cool. And then it happened, right? And then the show ends or whatever, and we go backstage, and now I'm in the damn trailer with Pat McAfee drinking Miller Lite. Like, it was sick. Or I think it was Coors Light. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I was drinking beer with Pat McAfee. So it was me, George, and Pat McAfee drinking beer, just talking bullshit. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like, he's like, cool. he's like great, too, Pat McAfee. Wait, how, how he's, we... he's the man. Oh yeah, McAfee. He he talked about when he's at Mania. He's like, yeah, just a couple guys. He didn't mention names, but he said just we're just out after the match drinking beers, and now we know one of the names. Now we know he's out there drinking he beers. Like, uh, he made a funny bit where he's like, he's like he sees me and he goes, that mustache. Bet it's been through a lot of uh, glass beer, like glass beverages or whatever. <laughs> he, like, made, he like made a joke like that, and I started dying. I was like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Pat. And. uh me and him kind of got connected a little bit too, where like obviously he played football for the Colts and uh another former Hawkeye that I got to tag with, um, who also played for the Colts, uh Pat Anger. He was I think he was AFC defensive player of the year for one year, something like that. So uh I mean he didn't he didn't play in the league long because of you know, it's hard to it's hard to make a living in the NFL. Um and uh like that connection right there was kind of cool. And then he was like, oh, he's like, I've seen Pat's match, uh, wrestling matches. And he was like, oh, that was you. <coughs> and I was like, yeah, it was. And he, he thought it was, you know, he thought it was sick. So that's kind of cool. Like that kind of all got in there. Um, last question I've got. And then we have one that we always finish up with. Jensen, this better be a good question. This man just told us about drinking on the bus with Kittle and McAfee. I don't know how we're topping this story. Well, so you, you were going to ask, well, you were gonna ask yours anyways, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, I did. I we asked were... Jordan Oliver, and that turned. Well, into... I thought you were going to ask about the one we always um, ask everybody. Uh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, we will ask. I think that, I mean, but... me, me, go back to the me and Jordo. Um, we've had some matches together that are uh, 
we just had like the same chemistry and uh i'm sure it'll happen at some point especially if i won the bunkhouse and he's still the champ and we every time we wrestled we've had like some really good matches and uh i'm sure it'll happen in some shape or form maybe not three stages of hell i hope it would be it'd be kind of sick um and jordan likes to jordan likes to go 20 30 minutes so and uh not that i don't mind it but for jordan i would do it easily yeah well he's a guy jordan oliver we talk about him often on the show like when we do our interview portion uh, segments here uh most wrestlers we talk to at one point or another bring up Jordan Oliver about either it's someone they love wrestling or someone who's got a great mind for the, the business or someone yeah. that they like can find in to like help them like with this or that. It's just, it's a name that always pops up is Jordan Oliver. He's a so go getter, like, dude. He's a go getter. Yeah. He, he's like what we were saying earlier. Like, like he's got all the talent in the world, but like his passion and pride for the business and, his hustle yeah. really speaks more volumes than his talent. It's awesome. Okay. I'm going to steal Jeremy's last question. So we're going to, we're just going to, we're, we're, going to ask, we're, going to, we're going to wrap it up here. We've taken enough of your time, but we ask everybody this Manders, what is the coolest thing in your room? In my room? Yeah. Like right in the room that you're in. Is there anything cool in your room? The yeah. lamp? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, story on that uh we were in wyoming for gcw and uh which is wild to say um because there's no pro wrestling in wyoming and uh i don't remember what the store was called but it was like a it was like dave's like fleet basically it was like a like a farmer's market type of thing and uh me and my girlfriend at the time um saw it and we had we had this bit where uh we would say I love lamp from from yeah. uh from uh Anchorman which is yeah. as fuck. it's like one of my favorite movies and uh obviously of course I'm a, like a cowboy boot and it's a lamp so we did the whole like I love lamp and uh I think it was like 30 bucks <laughs> and nice. uh the best part was we had to take it on the plane, right? Back. So we like drove back to Denver, which is like two hours. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get this guy on the plane. Like we don't have a box. You don't have like, we don't have enough baggage, like a bag to put it in there. And we're like, there's no way this is going to work. Like we're going to have to like ship it or not have it or whatever. Like we were kind of freaking out about it. And, uh, we just kind of told them the story, like the TSA, and they like, like we're like, okay, like, like go through it, like you can go through with it, and then like we get on the plane, and then they like the guy was like, uh, all right, well, um, it can't fit on the you know up top and all that stuff, so we'll just put it in the in the coat section. So it was just awesome, like how everything worked. Where normally on airplanes it doesn't. Like for example, when I won the goddamn SCI tournament. <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, it's going to be the same scenario with the lamp. No, it wasn't. They fucking told me I can't go through with it. And then they wanted me to ship it. But I'm like, it's five in the morning. FedEx is not open. I don't know anybody here. I'm not from here. Can I just please take it? And they're like, no, uh, you could use this as a weapon. I'm like, I'm not going to use a fucking trophy that I won as a weapon. Yeah. My fist would be more of a weapon 
than a damn trophy. And I had to deconstruct the trophy and put it in the box. And then when I got back, when I got home, I had to put it all back. And that was a pain in the fucking ass. Oh, yeah. But that's what you do for pro wrestling. I mean, this got this guy working extra hard because I mean, you're you're out there working like like for real out, yeah. out, out during the day, and now you got to yeah. spend extra time screwing together a trophy. You <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, dude. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, in my experiences in my life, like everything has to be hard. Sure. That's just how it works. So I'm just like, you know what? All right, another thing. So. Yeah, so that's the coolest thing I think is is that lane. A great story behind it too. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Manders. We yeah, really man, appreciate it. I appreciate let, it. Let him, let everyone know where they can find you at. You can find me at uh on Instagram and Twitter at one called underscore Manders. Um, I'm pretty sure if you type in Manders besides me and the nutrition lady, you can find me. Uh, <laughs> I looked that up before. It's pretty wild and. Uh, <laughs> You can find me on uh, on Facebook. If you type in Cornbell Cowboy, that will come up, or One Call Manners will come up too. And then if you're looking for, like, shirts and all that stuff, I just posted one of the coolest shirts I ever did. Um, this guy named so Riley. Nice. This guy named Riley made it. Um, he's, like, a graphic designer. He's really fucking good. And uh, there's, like, a bunch of other shirts he, that he made for me, which I didn't expect that he was like, hey, when, you know, whenever you're done with this one, here's a bunch more. And I was like, sick, okay. Um uh, you can you can find that 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 new shirt at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, if you type in Manders, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, Deathmatch Worldwide is another one. Uh, there's a bunch of cool shit for my stuff, and uh, yeah. Thank you again for for joining us. All the links are, are down below in the description of this video. Everybody, go support. Go go check out everything Manders is doing. And I saw that shirt on Twitter. That is a very I just found it as well. Shirt. Very nice shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's sick. Too, ma- too yeah. bad it's too many colors. <laughs> it's, it's too expensive to, to make. So I was like, here you go, browsing tees. Thank you. <laughs> Manders, thank you again for your, for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Congratulations again on winning SEI. Best of luck to everything in the future. And guys, we'll be back right back here on the spotlight. Big, big thank you to One Called Manders. Again, we went about an hour and 20 minutes with one called Manders. I uh, appreciate it, Fernando. Uh, same great interview. Like he was, it was a lot of fun. He had a lot of great stories to, to tell us if, if you missed the interview um, during, during live show or for some reason you skipped it, what's wrong with you. Um, it'll be cut up. It'll be on Fightful Overbooked in the coming days. Uh, plenty of articles coming out of that, especially the, the stuff with uh, George Kittle and Pat McAfee and John Moxley and Steve Austin and, and working with MLW and wanting to go to Japan. Manders, um, he hasn't been around for for super super long compared to you know relatively speaking i guess but he's already very well traveled and is already uh had you know just done a lot in the business look forward to continue to following and uh watching his his career as it grows all right everybody we're about three hours deep into the show appreciate everybody who has stuck around this entire time um thank you as always for tuning in listening checking out the podcast checking out the replay on youtube.com slash fightful we'll be back next thursday probably talking some SummerSlam. probably talking aew fallout whatever happens this week uh, everything else going on in the world of wrestling uh don't follow me on twitter or x follow me uh or follow steven jensen at fight talk underscore on x slash twitter 
and go to youtube.com slash fightful you're already there or if you're listening on podcast go there now and subscribe we're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers go to fightful overbooked subscribe over there we're trying to get to like 20,000 subscribers uh, i'll set i'll set an actual like good goal for us 20,000 subscribers on on fightful overbooked we're, we're trying to get there and the weeds is live every monday wednesday friday um on fightful overbooked from 10 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern. That's myself and Joel Pearl. We have Cam Hawkins, uh, the great Seahawk. He's going to be on the show tomorrow previewing NXT Great American Bash with us. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we just did an interview with Bobby Orlando yesterday. That is up on, that's on In the Weeds. I got an article up on Fightful.com right now. And also that'll be up on Fightful Overbooked as a singular interview later on this afternoon. So go to Fightful Overbooked to check out all the content we have over there. Uh, support all the great content creators we have over there as well. All right. That's going to do it for this show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. We'll be back next week on the spot.